What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. I had on the program 93 kg lifter, one of the premier lifters in the USAPL, Chance Mitchell on the program. And this was a long interview, and I'm not surprised by that because Chance and I love to talk, and he has a lot of opinions, and I had to really get all the opinions that he had out on Two White Lights. Really terrific interview, really very interesting from the beginning to the end because we start with his most recent uh, training accidents uh, that caused him to lose consciousness while benching and then the bar falling on his face and him losing a few teeth but getting into the gym right after that. Also, we just talk about the current state of powerlifting, his opinion on that. We get into a little bit of lifetime membership conversation, the Raw Nationals invite, his opinion on that, what he would change about the sports, some realistic dreams, some pipe dreams. We get into a little bit of an ESPN talk during that conversation, but we also talk about what keeps him going in the sport, what keeps him driving to be a powerlifter and continue to be a powerlifter, and we get into word association, and during that word association, we got into a really good conversation about some steroid use uh, from other lifters, and we also get into a conversation about straps, uh, both things that him and I are very passionate about, uh, the untested side of powerlifting and straps, so really good conversation there. And to wrap it up, we talked about anime. He gave me a little bit of pitch to like anime, and uh, I... Explained my hatred for anime in more detail. I know I explained that a lot in Two White Lights, and it was a really fun conversation there. And then we ended it with give him giving himself a like NCAA football Madden type rating on all three lifts, something that you might see more on the show that lifters do. So be on the lookout for that. So again, really fun interview from start to finish. It it starts one way and then ends a completely different way, and all of it is entertaining. But before we get into that, i got to talk to you guys about Leflar Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, visit leflarbros.com and get yourself some merchandise. Go to their Instagram page, check out the designs, look at the Leflar family grow because the designs are getting better, more lifters are in it, and I love to see that because they are focused on growing powerlifting and they're doing a great job of that and they keep on releasing really awesome product, those cotton candy Miami Vice looking comp tees the logo the hat the con candy hat looks fantastic i love it and also you get two white lights merchandise exclusively on left love bros so the original tee the fight night tee and now they got dad hats my favorite thing dad hats i love dad hats they got two white lights dad hats as well you can find all that on leftlovebros.com and you can get a discounted price if you use promo code 2wl15 get 15 percent off your order for all Left Floor Bros merchandise and Two White Lights merchandise on leftfloorbros.com. Get it for 50% off if you use that promo code 2WL15. Also, go to rightbullets.net. Get your informed choice supplements. Don't want to break a drug test. Get that informed choice supplement. That label is important for all you USAPL lifters out there. Use that promo code ANGELO15 and get 15% off of informed choice supplements. Also, visit lift.net and get yourself into some stoic gear. I only wear stoic gear on the platform and in training. I love stoic gear. I would not be wearing it if I didn't love it. They got the white label, the black label, the olive drab. All of that can be yours. Definitely visit lift.net. Use promo code ANGELO10 to get 10% off of all stoic gear. Also, 
Make sure to follow Notorious Lift on Instagram. No Slip Drip is a real thing, and they have the best deadlift slippers out on the market right now. One, they feel amazing. They're fantastic. You don't slip on the platform. And two, they look beautiful. And that's that's a huge thing. If you're going to deadlift a lot of weight, might as well look good doing it. So go on Notorious Lift Instagram page and then check out that newsletter because you have to be on top of the drops. They drop certain designs at certain times, and you can't just go on Notorious Lift and buy whatever you want. you got to be waiting on those drops. They have a lot of collabs coming too. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And in order to get yourself on those drops, visit Notorious Lift, follow them on Instagram, and get on that newsletter. Also, follow on Spotify. Make sure to download the episode on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. I think it's called Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on that. Give a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review. Tell me how much you love the show. And here it is, Two White Lights. And as promised, I got with me 93 kg lifter, one of the most respected lifters in the USAPL. I got with me Chance Mitchell. How are you, man? You all right, how are you? Not bad, not bad. How uh, how's training going, man? I know you had a little bit of a training mishaps recently. <laughs> a little mishap, like blocking out and almost dying. How? Yeah, the, I'll I'll lead with that. Like, how did that exactly happen? It, what I think it was, it was like a combination of like a little bit of dehydration and like Sean was helping me with like a bench setup, like change. Mm-hmm. And that when I was pushing into the bench, <clears throat> and I've heard like other like IPF lifters like overseas have had this problem too is like when you push into the bench and you wedge yourself enough like all that blood rushing in and like leaving is can like disorient some people i don't know if it's just the person because i haven't heard of many people that have had issues like that but as i was doing this like even just the bar like setting up and like getting the bar out or even like 70 kilos like my head is like it's very weird it's like a very like head rush and then like everything goes like numb for a little bit and then you're back. It was very weird. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I actually do know a lifter who's had that before. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if you know him, Barzine Faziri. You know who that is? Uh, maybe not. I'm, I don't think so. He's a multi-ply. No disrespect. Yeah. He's a multi-ply bench only guy. And okay. I had him on the show yeah, like really cool. long time ago. And he said, he would always black out on bench, and the bench shirt would assist in that because it drives up on you. And the craziest, he yeah. had to get dental surgery because that was the reason why. It was the reason why yeah. he was fainting was because like uh, I, I he could you could go back and listen to the episode on why exactly that was, but it was something with his teeth driving in or it was like uh-huh. his jaw, so he had to get dental surgery to stop blacking out on bench, and it actually worked. He got this dental surgery uh-huh. and he was good, so. Um, yeah, it was kind of crazy, well, but yeah, kinda crazy. My, 
my problem was I needed dental surgery after the fact. (laughs) 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 Um, So like right now, like basically, so I I blacked out underneath like 90 kilos and it was kind of like, it's not one of those where you just like everything shuts off and you're like super like unconscious, but like the lights like turn off slowly, like dim. And I just dropped it on my face. Mm -hmm. Luckily there was like other people there. So like, otherwise like my head didn't get like crushed or anything. Like it just hit my teeth in my jaw and I was like bruised up. Uh, I had surgery to remove one and have another one that needs to be taken out. Um, and then like a bunch of them just like half broken. Mm-hmm. And so you, yeah, it sucks. And, and, but, <laughs> but you got like, into uh, the gym pretty quick after that though, right? Yeah. I mean that I went to the hospital that night. They tried to splint up like the, the teeth that are like barely hanging on. And there's not much that like, you know, emerge like ER can only do so much for, like dental stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they just like, you know, gave me stuff for my face, try to clean up shit. And then the next day I went to deadlift. <laughs> nice. So I, it's like people, people are like, Oh, like why? Like you shouldn't be able to do that. It's like, it says my face. Like I don't need my face to, to deadlift. I was just like, and so I was like, Oh, I might as well, might as well go do it. And if I can, and I can, if mm-hmm. not, then whatever. Yeah. And it looks like everything's going pretty good since then. Seems like everything's been moving well. Uh, Training, training seems to be going pretty well for that. So I'm, I'm happy that happened. I'm happy you got that figured out. That is a scary incident to happen. But I have you on two white lights for two reasons. One, you're an excellent lifter. Uh, I have high-level lifters on the show. Usually they can give insight on the sport that other people can't. But also, you're extremely opinionated. And I've really grown to like the opinionated lifter. You know what I mean? Someone who is great at the sport but also is not afraid to give a complete insight on the sport just to really give you a snapshot of how the sport is going. So let me ask you this very first question. What's your opinion on the current state of powerlifting as it stands? I think the lifters are making the sport great, but the sport itself is kind of like stopping it. (laughs) Like there's so many like hurdles that the lifter has to overcome now. And like in the recent news of things that have happened, things have like dramatically kind of fallen, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like there are so many different things that the USA Powerlifting has implemented in the last, you know, six months probably. Um, but like it, it's hard to say where we're going to be in another year because the, the pandemic stuff may kind of hold up. I, like who knows how long we're going to be wearing a mask, social distancing at a meet. Yeah. And, and it's, in like limiting the numbers, like until when, right? There's a vaccine out, right? There's apparently like all these other measures, right? We've had over a year of this. Why, why, why won't it stop now? Mm-hmm. Well, because people complain when, you know, they see blah, 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 hosting a meet and there's going to be lifters there and they want to complain about it. Yeah. Like that's, that's until like people just say, I'm done. I don't care anymore. Let's just go back to normal. It won't go back to normal. Yeah. True. Like I, I saw, uh, do you see the CPU? How they were they made that post about like they're they're not having run national or they're not having their nationals until like later in the year maybe. Yeah. And then all the comments were people like, <clears throat> yeah, you know, I, I it sucks, but you know, it is the right decision. It's like no, it's not. Like you don't have to go. You don't have to go if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. But it's not like the wrong or right decision. It's just a meet. Like if you don't want to be there, don't go. But it's, the, it's almost this, this thinking of, 
oh, well, I haven't been training for the whole year. So like, I guess I don't want anybody to have nationals and do well at all. And they all want to see it like burn <laughs> to me. That's what I look and see it. And that's what I see. Yeah. You know what? I guess it's a really, it, it is a touchy subject, the whole COVID things and whole like restrictions you can go under. And I, and I actually mm-hmm. have aligned myself kind of with the, all right, let's be as safe as possible. The mask, the social distancing I'm in for, but at the same time, I do have this opinion, like you can have a safe socially distanced meet that will align itself with COVID regulations. You know, I, I, I do honestly believe that. And of course, with your point, you just, if you don't want to go do something, then I guess you just don't go and do something. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I guess with the CPU, I I guess I don't completely vehemently oppose it because I see how every professional sport is being being handled right now, and it's a real touchy subject, and I always am on the side of better be safe than sorry. That's like my my persona. That's how I've handled this whole COVID thing. But I still think you can be safe with the regulations that they're passing through. Like, the NBA is not allowing fans – Things were going great under that little bubble thing that the NBA had. Things were going pretty well with Major League Baseball. Like, like there's ways to do it. Like, I always say common sense rules are good. Like, I agree with that. And the thing is, is like, so think of like NFL, right? You would see, you know, know, head coaches with double face masks, visors on, right? Mm -hmm. And then the players, you know, 11 and 11 are tackling each other, putting their face into the, you know, like each other's like, you know, ball sack, and that, like that's how it is. Like when you're when you're like hitting in a contact sport, like there's going to be contact. Yeah. So why why even bother with any of it in the first place? Like all those all those players, that's how it's going to be. You yeah. know, I, to me, there's there's common like you're saying the common sense to some of it, and then to me, it's like there is also the complete opposite. Like that's you're you're picking like when you go yeah. into a restaurant, when you go into a restaurant and they're like you need to have your mask on, but it's okay when you're when you're eating. Like you're when you're eating and you're sitting down, like it's fine. We'll, we'll pause yeah. pause regulations for it. Yeah, I mean, my, to my, me, that's 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 what bothers me. Yeah, it's like you picked your you picked your points. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, well, that's me. And then I'm like, I see the stupidity in that, and I'm not going to restaurants because I'm like, I'm not going to a restaurant because yeah, fine. I'm like, if you're gonna do that, then might as well just you know, like I, I'm not gonna associate myself with it because I'm. Because I know what you're doing isn't exactly the most common sense thing, so I'm just going to be safe, and better safe than sorry, and get a beer sure. and order my cheeseburger and eat it in the confines of my own home. But yeah, I could I could see it with that CPU. It's a really touchy subject with that, but I do think that meets, especially powerlifting meets, because I have attended many powerlifting meets uh, within 2020. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, well, I wouldn't say many; I would say several, several powerlifting meets that like okay, this is safe. Like we're, we are socially distanced. We are following the guidelines, the mask wearing. I do think, and if you with powerlifting, they keep the mask on for the most part. You're not, you know what you said, yeah. driving yourself into yeah. a lifter's ball sack when you're spotting them and loading <laughs> them and you have a man, yeah. you can yeah. actually wear a mask on. So I'm like, actually powerlifting makes the most sense to me, especially in when I work out at the gym too. I'm like, Hey, I could socially distance myself. I could wear a mask. Right. I feel relatively safe right now. Whereas in, you know, the NFL, uh, I guess Major League Baseball is always so, socially distanced. But, like, like some of the things just don't make sense to me. <laughs> like, oh, and also, also the whole, like, UFC, they're ahead. all wearing masks in the interviews. I'm like, they're punching each other in the face right. and they're bleeding on each other. I mean, sometimes <laughs> you just don't need to wear a mask. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, my, more of my point is, it's like the vaccine's out. They're pushing the vaccine. Mm. What what else do we need to change for it to go back to normal? Yeah, that's that's my, that's what I'm bothered by. It was already a year of this. So, at what what else needs to happen for it to say, well, we're not we're we're going to go back to normal yeah. until people decide to say we're going to go back to normal and just do it. Then there's always going to be people that are just like, oh no, it's not safe. It's like, what else? You, do you need like a a permanent like not not even just a vaccine, but like immediate treatment that like cures you within you know a day or less? Like, what else? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know the future, but let's go. You know, you know. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll know. Out from Canada and into the United States nationals, which is actually mm-hmm. happening, which is kind of Sorry. a fortunate news. What's your opinion on the current situation with the USAPL and Raw Nationals? Because I know you're really outspoken on it, and a lot of USAPL lifters right now have their opinions and are not favorable of what's going on. So what's what's Chance's opinion on this? Well, I think like I made the post on my story one day that people were way more upset about the camera, you know, media policy, mm-hmm. where we couldn't have our own, like, family or friends record you know with their phones or camera crew there yeah we had to use the media sponsor that usa powerlifting put out people were way more upset about that than you know restricting raw nationals to you know top five and at the previous year's raw nationals and top three hometown showdown and we're going to just let in lifetime membership you know and then have just a free-for-all people were way more upset about (laughs) the media crew stuff than actually not having some of the best lifters at raw national yeah because there's it's this thinking of like oh well you know top five to top 10 are the only real people that could win raw nationals it's not like that's that's not even the point right say you're you're i'm ranked fourth right i think i'm ranked third or fourth thanks if, if i think ashton's ahead of me but he's not really a 93 anymore there's forker and um what's oh did i say cake oh yeah i already said cake Keiko's another one, right? Yeah. Those are the only people ahead of me. I probably won't be Keiko. I probably won't be, um, maybe not Borkert or whoever else. But that doesn't, that like, if I'm ranked fourth, everybody else at like top eight, top nine, or 10 are trying to beat me. You know, mm-hmm. like they're trying to like get up in the rankings. And that's important too, because if they're the next top three, four, five, then those people are, you know, aiming for the next spot. So it's very, um, it has waves, you know, and even if you're not top 12, just getting into the top 10 is a huge, big, crazy big deal when, like, for the 93s at Raw Nationals, there's going to be a ton of people with over 500 wilts that don't get in. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's not in every weight class. That's a big deal to have over 500 wilts. In most countries in IPF, if you have a 500-plus wilts, you are on their national team. Yeah. You, like, I don't know the, the GL points or IPF points anymore. I just say Wilkes because it's like easier to, to pay attention to. But if you have some a, a, a Wilkes that high, <clears throat> you are already on their team. You're like one of their star, you know, athletes. Yeah. And for for nationals and you know 2021, there's going to be a ton of people as well over that that are not going to be able to get in. And yeah. that's just the sad reality of it. And it sucks. But I, I think it is better to include those people, even if you have to draw the arbitrary line, you know, even a little bit further down. It's it's worth it, and it it's kind of shows the lack of the lack of, I guess, confidence that USA Powerlifting has 
in, in some of us and like that they don't really pay attention to the nuances of like the actual athletes. It's always the Federation first above the athlete instead of the athlete above the Federation. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it sucks because I'm, I'm very pro USA powerlifting because I think it's the best Federation that a drug tested liquor can compete in, in the USA. But ultimately, you know, we're not, you know, the priority and it's very unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. I, I could agree with you on that one. And I think though, like going back to some of your points, the media thing, I guess you could look at it as like just a sign, right? When that happened, what was going to happen in the future? And if you take that little thing, and so many lifters were upset about that, and I, I guess when I heard of it, I assumed that the USAPL was going to like strike down like your grandma recording you, and they didn't. You know, I was able to record, my friends were able to record, and they didn't care if it was a camera phone doing it because whatever, you know, no one gives a shit about some, you know, whatever you're going to post on Instagram. But I started to make more sense of it when guys who actually earn a living off this, like Russ, Candido, all those guys with the YouTube channels, mm-hmm. they were severely restricted on that. And they, you know, they made a fuss about it. People were making a fuss about it. And I guess it didn't really relate as much to me. But it just shows some of the bad decision making that could go on. And then that poor decision-making and not really having a really good in-depth information with your lifter leads to stuff like this, where there is an overall consensus that people want to compete at Raw Nationals. They want to compete for, which is with each other. Like, I'm in the same boat um, with you, aside from I just didn't get the invite. You, uh, based on February 8th, should be getting invited. Coming Monday, that's when your invite should be coming in because you're top three. And I know I'm not going to beat Russ. I know I'm not going to beat Nori. Like, they're on a bad day. could probably total 815, and that would be my dream meet. 815 will be a dream meet for me. I want to beat Jamar. I want to beat Delaney. I want to beat Ed. And then I know all the other guys that I want to compete with that I also want to beat, and they want to beat me. And that's, that's really great, and people do pay attention to that. And, like, it doesn't really stop the USAPL and their... Exactly, because I just listened to King List podcast, and they were talking about themselves, Arian, Bill, and Ryan. I think there's another person in there. Mm-hmm. I'm very sorry if I forget your name, but they still treat it like, all right, you know who? I mean, really, you know, the top guys get in there, and no one's really too upset about that. Like, no, you guys don't understand. The people are mm-hmm. shooting for that third spot. There's a lot of lifters who are ranked seventh right now who could shoot for the third spot, or a lot of lifters who are ranked seventh who could shoot for the top two. Like they could have a silver yeah, medal. That matters to lifters. Like that's how that's how sport works. Yeah, sport like sport matters. That placing makes a, a big difference, and it's important for the individual lifters because you're climbing this ladder, and you don't expect to go from tenth to first in one shot. You need to, to work your way up there. And yeah, like if you were to say, yeah, I beat Jamar at Raw Nationals, like that's a huge accomplishment. Yeah. And, you know, or whoever that's. Oh, that alone is worth going to me. And and I saw if you saw Johnny's video yesterday talking about like, well, you shouldn't even go unless you're planning to go to, to Worlds. It's like, yeah, but also too, like if you're third or fourth, like if something happens to number one and they slip up and or they, you know, hurt themselves on something, mm-hmm. you know, God forbid you don't want that. But yeah. if if something like that happens, you need to be there. It's your responsibility to be in that position to be able to take the lead and, and win. You know, if like if you remember um, Spokane uh, against Ash- Ashton versus Wilson, 
Wilson would, should, probably shouldn't have beat, beaten Ashton, mm-hmm. but on like just strength wise that day. But he made the correct attempts and put in the perfect game plan. Someone, you know, Ashton made a mistake, and Wilson capitalized on it, and he won. And now that the the ramifications for that is was huge. So it's like very, all these little things do matter. I know they don't matter to, that much to USA Powerlifting as a whole, but it matters to the lifters. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you could go into a lot of different. I mean, another example was this last year's nationals too. Bryce came on the show and told me that he wasn't expecting to beat Ashton that day. He was mm-hmm. just looking to go nine for nine, and then Ashton, I believe, was battling some injuries, and he wasn't hitting his lifts. So Bryce is like, oh, looks like we have a shot here to win. And he did. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's that's why you show up to me. And another recent example for me, and I said this on the show, and during the live stream, because I had the pleasure of you know doing the live stream commentary for this, was Jamal Browner was competing at the Circle City Super, and there was a cash prize at the end of it, and his, you know, his hook grip failed him, um, which is, you know, it's a, a thing for Jamal. He wasn't able to take a second and third, didn't even think it was worth taking a second and third because he's going to hybrid meet, and someone else took best overall lifter male. When you go to a meet and Jamal Brown is your competition, there are very few people in the world who are going to beat him, especially mm-hmm. in a meet like the Circle City Super that's in Indianapolis and it's not the Pioneer Open and it's not the Kern US Open. It's a meet that, okay, if I'm going like, there's no fucking way I'm beating Jamal. Well, he bombed out on his deadlift. He didn't take a second or third attempt. He missed his first attempt. Boom. I just won best overall lifter and now $500 in my pocket. That could yeah. happen at Raw Nationals. That could happen to people and you now you're representing it, it, the world it does spot. Happen. Every- Every time <laughs> it does happen every year, and you know whatever weight class, there's upsets. Like that's how I, that's how sports goes. And the thing is, is um, like with with all of this, there are so many scenarios that can happen. It's just you got to show up. Like you, yeah. you every every single event, it's you know it's a sport, and people you know see Instagram numbers and they see someone hit this, so they assume that oh this is going to happen at Raw Nationals. It's like no, you, you didn't account for it being, you know, no pause or the depth was awful that, you know, the lockout was soft or that this was like their best day in training ever. And it was not like relevant mm-hmm. to what they would be able to do on a meet day where they got hurt. It's like, there's, it's so much more than just all oh, the Instagram top lift that they did. Like none of that matters. Yeah. Like you see X person hit, you know, 70 pounds over their best squat in a meet and it's like, like in training and they are not going to even get close to that in a meet. And it's like, yeah, I know that as a fellow competitor that that's, gonna happen but like other people like instagram just viewers they don't see that they just see oh this person's stronger than you they're gonna beat you that's yeah. not how it works yeah absolutely i mean and the the examples go on from that too it's just when you're thrown in that environment there's an opportunity for, i mean it's high stakes too you know you can get a slip up and all of a sudden you're representing team usa and ipf worlds which is a huge honor for so many lifters I mean, I mean, take and again another one at 2019 Raw Nationals. Russ was this close from bombing. This close. Yeah, from I was bombing. just thinking about that. Like, yeah. Russ was, yeah. and then and that that would open the door for Noriega. Of course, I don't think that's how Noriega wants to win, but that's right. that. It's like okay, he's a national champion, and then he will represent Team USA, and and the worlds that were coming up, and like that's that's huge for them, and mm-hmm. that could always happen at a Raw National. So, like. When I heard, when I was listening to King of the Lifts and I heard them talk, like, ah, it's really like, you know, you, you got the top five lifters there. I'm like, I, I don't understand how P- 
people in the sport can still be a little bit off base and out of touch with why the lifters are upset because there's, I mean, if I'm upset, there's, you know, so many other people who are, I mean, you, for example, you want to see a change and you're in, you're good. You're good yeah. to go. <laughs> it's, it shouldn't, it shouldn't take me having to say it yeah. for like everybody else. I was thinking more people were going to be kind of like up outraged like Wilson was. Uh, but you know, most people weren't, weren't really talking about it. Yeah, that's <laughs> it was, good. Like, you and like Wilson and, that was really it. And then Nori- Noriega was another happen? one I think had yeah. her backs. And so did uh, Ashton Rouska. Like, yeah, he yeah, had people's backs on that one where they're like, okay, Ashton is the overall favorite to win 105. He's good to go. He's set. But he's still like, hey, we need to change this because he is a competitor and doesn't want to see someone get the advantage over another person who deserves it. Like you said, so many people with over well over 500 Wilks are going to get, like, we're not even talking about five, but we're talking about, like, 515, 520 getting yeah, overlooked yeah. here. And that's, that's yeah, that's crazy to me. And I I still think, uh, yeah, just ho- hoping something will change. Yeah, and kind of what we were talking about before the podcast was, I don't know what is going to be able to change unless we come together and form some sort of like union <laughs> to me in my head. I think of that. I was like, there's, there's no way some of this stuff will not get changed. It's going to get worse. And people that are new to the sport haven't seen what it was, you know, even a few years ago when there was a little bit more freedom and there was a little bit more say mm-hmm. and, you know, very quickly have things kind of shifted to where we are run by dictatorship. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, a, a single ply dictatorship is right. Is a very Remember, strange dictatorship to be under. I I, ma- I made the joke on my story for people listening that you know it's not really raw nationals. We don't have raw nationals. Which yeah, we're, we're doing equipped nationals. Like mm-hmm. all of us are competing at equipped nationals, legitimately. Yeah, like it is equipped, and then we're competing in a raw division at equipped. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ba- brings me back to my uh, APF days, man where I was uh, competing in the Raw Division at Nationals, and it was mostly multi-ply guys. <laughs> and I was in the fucking Raw yeah. Division, and that's what it was, really. I, I assumed it was going to be Raw Nationals. I saw the numbers beforehand, like people's openers. I'm like, I'm going to get smoked here. Because I didn't know there was a separation between Raw and multi-ply. And then when I figured that out, I'm like, oh, there's different divisions of powerlifting. That's how APF Raw Na- uh, that's how APF Nationals worked, and that's how USAPL Nationals work, which... I'm not too upset about that part because, you know, you got to do with what the COVID regulations are. And right now we're still within COVID. We're, we're still within COVID regulations where you have to find a way to represent bench only and single ply. And I still think they should be represented, but it's of same priority. And that's where I think, you know, some of the lifters are upset with. It's like, okay, you know, is was there a way to separate this? And if there was, like, it's like, is there a way to separate single ply from raw, where there's less single ply lifters, more raw competitors? Like, so, yeah. Well, the thing that that I'm thinking about now is I don't even know if people are aware. Like, you know, we kind of talked about it too. It's like CPU is not having their raw national or their nationals in quotes at you know their normal time this year, if at all. There are a lot of other countries in that same boat. And then we're going to be asked to, you know, our national team to send people to Minsk, Belarus, if that's still where they're going to have it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, that if that even happens, like, I don't even know if that's going to happen yet. I, I, I'm legitimately not, I, 
from what I hear, it still is like up in there. Oh like, yeah, if that will even happen. Dude, I mean, so many things are up in there. We were told so many different things. It, it was supposed to be the Arnold, right? We got mm-hmm. all we got all this information that the Arnold was going to happen in June. That's what me and Joe were planning to do a meet in June, and we assumed it was going to be the Arnold, not Nationals. Yeah. So now that's so that completely changes. We didn't expect Nationals to be in June. It didn't like that was a huge breaking news to us. And then now Arnold is even up in the air, so Worlds is going to be even worse than that, especially with taking flights and all that stuff. Like, that's going to be a whole situation in of itself. But got to ask you this, because we talked about just even the qualifying and the invites. What's what's your take on the, the lifetime member uh, situation? So on another podcast I listened to, they were talking about the math on you know how it would work out if you did buy a membership. Um, even after like competing for 35 years and competing once, at least once a year, it still wouldn't pay off the the cost that you'd be signing up for. So it, 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 it is like, you know, it's again, another kind of slap in the face that it's like, well, we're giving you this opportunity if you want it, you know, that, but it's not really, it's just, everybody knows it doesn't make sense. And on the podcast that I was listening to, they're, they're talking about, um, that it, they did actually get a ton of people to buy lifetime memberships, which if that's how they got to do it, then they, a lot of people are going to get in. And I I think the number that the lifetime memberships apparently can really dilute, you know, even more of that March, uh, March 1st, I think number of the free for all that will get in combined with, you know, the extra amount that they're doing from the 2019 uh, hometown showdown. So another group, there's going to be a very small amount of spots for March 1st. And I don't know if you remember the Arnold in 20, it was either 2018 or 2017. I, I don't think you went, but the, that actual, that Arnold was one of the first years where the, the cutoff was so tight that it filled up within like two minutes or so. Um, but the, the thing was, is that the, the, the signup got leaked. So people got to sign up ahead of time and I was one of those. <laughs> and then, and then they figured out, like, obviously there's filled up earlier than the time. So they said, all right, we got to redo it. And then they redid it in another month and people re-signed up again and it filled up within a minute or so. So that was, you know, the Arnold, which was even less spots. It was like, you know, over a hundred, it was like 150 total or something, a little bit less than that. Um, and that's probably going to be around the same amount, if not, you know, a little bit underneath of Raw Nationals on March 1st. So if people think they're going to they're going to casually go on and try to sign up within a couple minutes, they're going to it's going to be out. You're not going to get in. Like you have to have like a Chrome like autofill type thing in order yeah. to get into Raw Nationals on March 1st. Oh, I mean, I can tell you from experience, it was a pain in the ass for 2019, Arnold. For me, I missed yeah. I missed the first one because I I really underestimated the speed. I was on I was on a decent amount of time. I was like three thirty. That was too long. That was way too long for that. And then the Pro American, I'm like, all right, yeah. I got this stuff set up. I got you know, I had autofill set up. I think I just fucked up copy paste. But I had you know the Pro American figured out. But for Raw Nationals is going to be the, a very similar scenario to that. So yeah, I think uh, the Two White Lights listeners have heard you know a lot of discussion and discourse on the whole Raw National situation. So. Uh, it's, it, it's, uh, it's a debacle, but, um, hopefully some changes are going to be made, but 
all, like if we're going to talk about that, what are some changes you just want to see in the sport as a whole? Because a lot of lifters, when they come on, have a lot of these opinions on what they want to see done with the sport. So what are some things that you would like to see? So are we talking like pipe dream stuff or are we talking about realistic changes that can be made now? Let's do let's do the realistic ones first and then let's go with the pipe dreams last because, you know, <laughs> if they're pipe dreams. I think some of the, the easiest stuff would be, you know, competitions like uh, warm-up areas and stuff like that improving. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've been to some of these local meets or even nationals or bigger meets they're trash. Like there, it should not be that way when you're going to a big meet or even a, even a local meet where you don't even have proper bars to train on or to, to warm up on. And you're using a, like there's a one meet in Colorado that I did where we had a Titex on the platform and we had, um, kilo plates, but they only had kilo plates up to like five reds or four, four reds or five reds and like a, you know, a 20 and then like change plates and everything. So my last deadlift at the meet was like, you know, five reds, a blue, a 10, and then mm-hmm. two, and a one. And then not even that, in the warm-up area, they had all Lico bars. We were at an Alico facility, and then they used this high-tech bar on the platform. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, okay, this totally makes sense. Like, we had a, we had bumper plates and Alico uh, bars in the warm-up room. Yeah. I was like, okay, like, stuff like this should not happen. Or, like, you know, and the funny thing is, Texas power bars are legal in the OSAPL, um, and that's not accounted for in the records or anything. Even if at, like, say, for example, you know, Texas local meet um, that has national refs, that can be, you can set an American record there. Yeah. Um, it's the same. Even if you are using a Texas power bar or a Q bar or an Ivanko or any other of these offset bars that people don't even know exist they make it easier to deadlift on. Yep. And that's kind of like some of my t- controversial points that I've gone on about for a long time. But like stuff like that makes a huge difference and people don't pay attention to those kinds of things. Or the fact at local meets, you can use pound plates. You can use uh, bumper bumper plates. Have you ever, have you seen a couple of those local meets where they had bumpers only? Are we talking USAPL? USA powerlifting. Yes. I have not seen, I have not seen bumper plates, but I have seen the, the Texas bar and I'm just looking at it like salivating at the mouth because I'm like, you get me on one of those Texas power bars. It's a wrap. I'm pulling five kilos and 10 (laughs) kilos over. I'm like, I love that fucking Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. Well, like especially with like pound plates, pound plates are legal. As long as they're that, as long as they're uh, to the right specs, you can use pound plates. Uh, So like a pound plates on a pound bar. Like that's so that's like we're talking about a completely different lift at that point. Yeah. Like people people don't realize, and I think me and you, when you're deadlifting over seven hundred regularly, you can that like that percentage difference that the bars and the equipment makes means a whole lot in the, the grand like uh, scheme of things for pulling you know seven seventy plus. That percentage is huge. You know, yeah. if, it's, if we if we say it makes five percent difference, you know, that's already thirty five pounds oh, more. Yeah. <laughs> on your on your actual pull like that's crazy to think about some of this stuff but people don't realize it because they're not at that level that me and you are on like deadlift or something right there there are things like that as far as the sport goes that we can make a very easy change or like this right at at raw nationals we'll use like in 2018 we used the titex bar and then the arnold we used a rogue ohio black oxide bar and then at 
you know, the next Nationals, we use an Alico bar. All of these things matter, like, to the, the lifter that we're training on the same bar and we have the expectation that this is what it is. There's things like that, that we should have some sort of uniform standard uh, to, to know. Like, even if it's not an Alico, you know, right, if, or for local meets, you know, at least having a 20-kilo, you know, stainless steel Rogue Ohio power bar, and that's the standard. Whatever we did to change the standard to make it uniform is what we need to do. And that starts with the warm-up area. It starts with actual meat set in it, like situations. I don't even know if you know this, too. There's another thing in, like, Texas, and it may not be talked about, but, like, it's very common for meats to have, you know, weigh-ins at 7. And, yeah, we're actually going to delay um, the start time. So we're not going to actually lift until, like, 11. Like, yeah. that happens. Yeah. People don't realize, and that's a huge advantage. Yeah. Like, if I know that it, we could potentially have, you know, weigh-ins be, you know, at a different time and, and actually lift later, and you cut a little bit more weight and you get, get to recomp that much more, that's a standard that should not be happening, and that changes all the time. Or, like, you know, at nationals, you, you weigh in by the flight order, right? That's, that's usually how you, how you do it. At, but at local meets, it's just like first come, first serve. You, if like I'm cutting the most weight, I cut, you know, five kilos or something crazy, and I, weigh, and I go in line and I weigh in first, and then I happen to be like the last flight of the order, I also get extra time mm-hmm. to, to recomp and get back up. There's things like that that shouldn't happen, but people don't pay attention to the nuances and stuff like this, and it makes a huge difference for the sport. So that's like very tangible short-term things that we could change mm-hmm. what do you think what do, what do you have oh no <laughs> i mean i mean I, I i won't give you the whole thing on the two but i mean because i spoke so much on two i likes when i want to see change in the sport but i really like your point but here's the thing that happens when you like explain that kind of stuff it's so say if you get on instagram or you say this in conversation you immediately get that elitist label of like oh that doesn't yeah. matter come on it's all the same weights and it's crazy to me because it's, I guess it's just the difference between people who take the sport really seriously and people who look as a hobby, which if you look as a hobby, it's fine. But what you're saying is 100% true. It does make a complete difference. And I know for a fact that if you use a certain bar, a certain amount of plates, I or a certain type of plates, I'm going to lift more than that person on that day. And then when we talk about records, and records is a big talking point on our last episode of Two White Lights, if you're talking about records... That makes a difference. But then when you air your opinion out through social media or through, I mean, podcasts, you're automatically like, oh, okay, here's another elitist who thinks that, you know, everything should be micromanaged. And, like, yeah, everything should probably be micromanaged if you're trying to develop something into a professional sport. Like, sure. like that's how that, – that's, that's where the evolution goes. I think a lot of people try to stop an evolution of something because they think that it's going to – isolate people from competing no it's making it more legitimate and when something's more legitimate people aim higher and then that's where you get more serious people within the sport and you could still do it as a hobby it's like not a big deal for you to deadlift with a 20 kg ohio power bar or an alico bar with kilo plates that's not a big deal and i think and it actually it helps powerlifting when you have people who are anal about it who are strict about that because I know, like, I, I, I know I come off as a Garrett Fierce stan a lot because, one, he's a friend of mine, and, two, I just like him. But he's very anal about this stuff, too. And now he's in a position where he gets to direct meets. 
good. When you get him directing meets, you know stuff is in the warm-up room is going to be good. You know he's going to have to write equipment on the platform. You know he's not going to double up on 20 kilo plates for a certain lift because he's going to have the right appropriate amount of plates ready for the lifters. You need, you need like, super strict anal people to start running the sport because that's how you get legitimate and that really does matter to competitors you know it's i mean i guess it goes more to the point like records should not be set at local meets ever like that's i guess with the whole covid regulations like oh this year i'll make the pass because we're in a once in a lifetime situation where you can set national records in the usapl local meets but in every situation like no this should not be a sort of like a national record because of the things that you're talking about the certain competitive advantage you can get at a local meet yeah and i would say one more thing about it because texas i have a lot of experience with there's like you know home hometown advantage home field advantage stuff where you're competing at the same gym that you you know mm-hmm. train at and all of your friends are it's you know national reps there yeah <laughs> that's so ridiculous to me yeah. and that happens all the time and it's it's that's just how it goes but there are things like that that people don't pay attention to and you know we talked about the standards it's like yeah if you have your friends you know calling depth for you and you know that and it, it does it sounds like more malicious or kind of sinister than it should be but that is true like that happens that's yeah. very very normal yeah and and i guess uh occasionally on this program, so I mentioned in the last episode, I got labeled a lot as USAPL elitist. Like, no, this stuff kind of, this stuff kind of happens in the USAPL, and I think lifters really try to make an effort to make sure it doesn't happen. Like, they really try to get in people's ears. What are the other federations are not as serious about it, are not as anal about it, and I like it, it does happen in the USAPL. It's like just a conscious effort to remove that is the big thing. The what I so let's talk about like the pipe dream stuff or down the road. Yeah. Right now, so we kind of talked about how Equip Nationals is well, yeah, Equip Nationals. <laughs> Equip Nationals is being like a focus because it's the World Games qualifying year. Um, so for people that don't know, there's a World Games that's kind of a subset off of the Olympics. That's not quite the Olympics, but powerlifting is in that, um, and it's equipped only. So it's a big international meet that uh, equipped lifters compete in. And it's a big deal because it's looked at um, through the Olympics and the IOC. So that is one of the reasons why USA powerlifting is very focused on equipped right now. Mm-hmm. That is something to pay attention to. And I don't fault them for that because, yeah, that's a very big outlet that we need um, if we want to ever get to that point. The thing is, though, by the time powerlifting ever would be getting into the Olympics, it's not going to be for equipped. It'll be raw. Yeah. By that time, whenever it ever comes around, if that ever happens, which probably won't, but if it does, it's going to be through raw powerlifting because it's much easier to know what's going on, uh, and it's more relatable for people that are you know high school kids that see it, and you know whoever else the demographic would be. Uh, so I see the appeal though for you know the IOC and all that kind of stuff. I, I don't think it'll ever happen, but if it does, it'll be raw. And I, I, right now, I think the only thing tangible that could really ever happen that I think is realistic somewhat is being on like ESPN2, like having, you know, ESPN2 or 3 or whatever offset ESPN channel or sports channel, having, you know, Raw Nationals or the Arnold at that. I, I could see the Arnold being 
on like ESPN two one day, yeah. which that is that in of itself is huge. Like people don't understand how big of a deal that would be, and I think that's way more realistic than ever the Olympics, where even that that would matter. I don't. Oh, so what's your view on this getting into the Olympics? Because Candido made a little bit of a story post, and me and him had conversations about it before, and we had actually had an episode topic about this, the, the how to make powerlifting more legitimate. And I don't think I really touched on my just complete disdain for being a part of the Olympics. I don't think it'll help the mainstream success of the sport. The Olympics, I don't either. Like, I just don't see that even being a goal you should achieve just based on if you want to make the sport more professional, more legitimate. The Olympics, I don't think is the route for it because what are we going to – so when you watch the Olympics, when is powerlifting going to be on? Is it going to be in between shot put and javelin? Is it going to be like – how many shot putters do you know? How many? I mean, and I'm not knocking those sports. I love like Olympic sports to me are amazing. They are true feats of athleticism. I love like those type of like pure sports, and strength is one of them. But is that really mainstream? Like you would argue that Russ Orhe, Steffi Cohen, Danielle Mello, all these people are more popular already than the best right. shot putter in the world. Why yeah, even? Why even try to be in the Olympics? I, I hate that idea. I The Olympics really is a bore for me, aside from Olympic lifting and uh, some basketball. Some basketball, like, because USA kind of dominates, so it's not really a thing. But then, uh, like, Usain Bolt and, like, uh, that's, for me, like, the, uh, the, the appeal Olympics. Everything else is, like, if you're part of the Olympics, it's still not this this great thing that powerlifting should aspire to get into. I guess the thinking is that, you know, you'll ever, ever hear someone talk like, Oh, Hey, what are you doing? And you're like, Oh, I'm a powerlifter. And they think of Olympic weightlifting. It, it's kind of like that, where you are kind of associated, even though you don't aren't really that same sport, people think of it nearly the same. Mm-hmm. And so it's more recognizable that way for outside, you know, perspective for people to know what's going on. Um, and like it appeals more to like the other countries, right? So like if you know the United States, you know, in the in the Olympics has powerlifting, it the other countries are having to recognize that there's more of this you know patriotic or national pride thing. There's a lot of that aspect, I guess, to it too. But I'm with you. I don't think it's a, it it makes much sense uh, for the growth, and I don't think it really would change anything if if at all. It is the appeal, like, oh, I'm representing my country. Uh, but I, I think that can still be done if it's on ESPN. Yeah. Yeah, and then that was... Like, I don't see any difference. I see that probably better. Oh, yeah. I see that more as more recognizable if it's on, you know, Sports Center plays and stuff like that. I remember the first time when Ray squatted 1,000 at Raw Nationals 2016, and he was on ESPN and all these other, you know, things, and was blowing up from that because he was the first person raw to, to squat raw a thousand raw. And that was such a much bigger deal being on all these news networks and sports center and stuff. And like, that's all we need, right? Like Amanda is our next outlet to that. And if she continues on the path that she's doing where she's this popular, I, I think that she could be one of those that carries us to that point too. And I, that's all I see. I'm, I'm not against being in the Olympics, but I don't, I don't think it's a realistic path that we should be, like, really pushing for. I see it more like we need to go the CrossFit route. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I would I would agree with you on that point. Even I would I would disagree with you that I would if it became an Olympic thing, I would just be against it because I just don't don't think it's the best thing for powerlifting. But you said yes. If it's on ESPN, I mean, say if it is in the Olympics, you won't even see it on ESPN because NBC has rights to it, and you can never see yeah, Olympic highlights yeah. on ESPN. And that's the worldwide leader in sports. That's where the most sport viewers that's view. True. But I mean. The ESPN, you know, me, Russ, and Sean had an episode about, like, how to get ESPN or how to get raw powerlifting, USAPL powerlifting on ESPN. And it makes sense what you said. Amanda Lawrence would carry us, and I could think of so many other people that could really carry Mm -hmm. the sport. I mean, that's the good thing about USAPL. They got marketable athletes that you can really push the same way CrossFit has pushed their athletes. But you have raw nationals in this whole situation – and getting the best lifters out to Raw Nationals, and you see how they're managing that. It's like, ooh, do we really want these people also managing us getting on ESPN? That's my big thing, like, where it's, a, I think, a realistic dream to have, but you see how it's currently being managed, and you're like, ah, I don't think they can properly get a product out there on ESPN where they're not going to shoot themselves in the foot because we see how they currently operate. Yeah. Which is sad because we're not a real we're not a real sports organization. Yeah, and I say that with like how powerlifting is run. It's you know it's only a business for them. It's not really a sports organization that's dedicated to the growth of growth of the sport. I don't see it that way. Mm -hmm. I see it as this business that we're all going and doing and being a part of, and we're being allowed and privileged to compete under. But it's not like we're you know, we're not sought after talent. <laughs> yeah, true, uh, true, and that's like I just would like to see the organization be run like a professional sports organization, and that's the way yeah. to get an ESPN. That's the way to make it something attractive to other people. Um, I and I think a lot of times people assume that it's going to drive people out of the sport when you make it more of a professional sports organization, but. Like, no, the local level will exist. Like, that's actually, that's something that's not talked about enough is if it becomes something of a professional sports organization or something similar, you know that your Mm -hmm. chances of being in a professional sport or, like, sporting event is much better in this aspect than all the other ones. Like, you got to be, gift. you have to have a gift from the gods to play in a Major League Baseball. You do. Like, I've played with baseball players, and I've seen Major League Baseball players, and I looked at them like they're on a different, they're on a different, like, planet than me when they play baseball. It's like they just have something, of course it's a lot of hard work, but they're just so gifted in what they can do, where powerlifting, you don't necessarily have to be that gifted. You can really work through leverages. You can work through that talent. It's not like this pure we're, athleticism. We're starting to get to that point, though. We're starting to get to that point where you do have to be gifted. Like, for yeah. us to be top 10 in the U.S., you do have to be gifted in it. It's not just, you know, hard work and talent. It's hard work, talent, and, you know, a lot of, lot, like, just the best genetics to, to be able to be top three now, yeah. in my opinion. Right? Like, I, I, I see someone like Sean and I respect Sean so much because I, 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 I've seen like the changes that he's made in the last like five years that I don't think he's that gifted. I don't think he's this insanely, you know, genetic freak. I just see someone that's 
done the right things and worked hard and mm-hmm. has gotten better. And I see him above all these other talented, you know, you know, very genetically gifted lifters that he's going to be better than them for a long time. So there's, there, it's like the efficiency aspect of it. And it's kind of, I relate this to like video games. It, it is like a, a video game where you're leveling up your character and you're doing all these different things to, to get yourself above people. And you may not start at, you know, some people may start at level 20 instead of level one. They are getting on this advantage, but you can still do all the right things to get ahead of them and, and be more efficient than them. Yeah, absolutely. So, so then, you know, we talked about the changes you want to see. What keeps you going mm-hmm. in the sport then? Like, what keeps you motivated to keep to keep going in this? That's a good question. I, I have asked myself this recently. Um, and because there are times where, you know, you get hurt or things go bad and you don't really feel like competing. You don't really feel like continuing. And you kind of have to look inside yourself and say, okay, why am I, why am I doing this? And this will happen for a lot of people. And, you know, a lot of people, listeners, probably have never gotten to that point yet with their reevaluating. Why am I still competing? Why am I interested in continuing? Why am I getting hurt and continuing to put my body through pain uh, and continuing to get better? My answer is <laughs> not a good answer, but my answer is I've already put in so much time, I feel like it would be a waste. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I feel like I put in so much effort, so much pain, so much injury, so much bullshit to not continue to put in like i i think again i put it like a video game if you played a video game for 10 years of your life it's very hard to not like want to keep playing just because you put in so much time and effort and it would be like wow i wasted 10 years (laughs) of, of doing it and like that's it so to me i'm like i have to see this through until i can never do it again and that's i think it's like almost like an addict type obsessive type behavior that Mm -hmm. some people have and i think it's good in that sense that it can help keep you in that same direction but also too i know and for me personally i'm i have like that addict type behavior type obsessive type personality and if it wasn't this it would be something else okay It, it, it would be you know anything and i'm not being dark about it i'm just saying that i i know myself in that aspect that it would not be positive to not do it. Yeah. And so I like I hear people complain about like tendonitis or pain or kind of like chronic injuries, and I'm like, you have, you don't know anything yet. You you don't know any of this. You don't. You are not going to be continuing for a, a while. You know, if you're like, oh, I have tendonitis and I have knee knee pain, I'm like, bitch, I have knee pain every fucking day. <laughs> I, I don't care. I'm going to keep doing it. I'm, I'm not going to like, I, it's, it's one of those things for me. That is kind of how I see it. And I guess it's not that way for everybody else, but I, but I, I would say I do enjoy training. Even when training's not going well, as long as it's not super painful, I like lifting weights. I like, you know, getting better. I like getting stronger. Uh, but at some point it's more than that. It needs to be more than that to you because you're not going to continue when things go bad, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Is that, yeah. Is that an answer? Oh yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah that's a, that's a, that's a fantastic answer for it. And it does make sense. You know, like I think a lot of athletes go through the same thing. You know, I, every athlete performing at a high level is obsessive about it. Like I am definitely, mm-hmm. like I am definitely obsessive about powerlifting. 
I am. When I'm at work, when I'm not doing powerlifting, I'm totally thinking about powerlifting. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking about like I cuz I work a regular job. I but mm-hmm. then at, towards, you know, the end of like just throughout the day, I have these like moments of thought where I'm like, okay, when I get off work, go into the gym, how's it going to be? You know, yeah. how, how what do we need to execute? Like you got a big squat tonight. Like how are we going to execute that? How's it going to go? Like what do I need to what do I need to do in order to perform this movement to the best it can be? It's just and that's obsessive because I'm just sitting there like working and then I just go into a trance of thought like about powerlifting, about perform about you know executing what I need to execute and you know I I think a lot of people will be in the same situation you are where they just don't see it as worth it. Like, okay, things are hurting on me and I don't like them hurting. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really give me a whole lot. But if you're obsessive about it and you truly enjoy it, because I think every obsession is something you truly enjoy. You know what I mean? You like love yeah. doing it. Because yeah. I, I like I, I, I totally peg you as a person who loves powerlifting. And I would, you know, put myself in the same thing. I love powerlifting so much that it, you know, it dominates my thought a lot of times. And I guess the, 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 the challenge sometimes is balancing it, like trying to yeah. find that really good balance between is it, you know, is it becoming too much of a distraction or is it becoming something that you are harnessing and making it really and making it worthwhile? What I, what I would say is I, I probably was in that situation where I obsessed over thinking about it nonstop every day you know, 24 hours a day, you know, a few years ago. And I think that's very good. Like, it's very good to to be like that and to be that way for just your growth. Like, as a lifter, it makes a big difference if you're super focused on it. But then when things go really bad, it it goes bad, bad. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you get very, very depressed and very feel awful about everything. And you don't want to be a normal person. You don't want to hang out with people. You don't want to do normal stuff. So there's, like you said, there's a big balance between the two. And I, I think, you know, now where I'm at, I'm a little to the point where, like, I love training. I love powerlifting. But I'm not obsessed over, like, over, like, what, oh, I got to see this new video on blah, 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 mm-hmm. YouTube's channel or something. Like, I don't, like, I, I don't care. Like, I, I don't, like, I, I when I post something on Instagram, I post it and I'm kind of like, all right, I'm done. And now I go do other things, Yeah, you know, and like, I, I try, I try now. And I was like, I, I was against that for a while. And now I'm finally at that point where it's like, I'm trying to avoid burnout. And I think it's good to like invest your time into some other things uh, because otherwise it, it gets, it gets rough. Like, and I said, kind of that personality of the obsessive, like addict type personality traits, it gets bad if you, have all your eggs in that one basket for everything in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that. And there was a few, a few other times we discussed just finding something that like can also be an outlet in case powerlifting goes mm-hmm. away, because there are so many people that powerlifting does go away. Like it just, yeah. it's something that they can't do. I mean, a, a, a more recent example is just during the pandemic. For a lot of people, powerlifting had to go away for a little bit, and that could really be a bad thing for people. Just when something is something that is a constant being taken away, um, so like it's finding little outlets to kind of spend some time in where you're not completely focused on powerlifting. I think is 
overall healthy and yeah like the, like it, you can suffer from burnout and I think a lot of I think I tell a lot of lifters who are getting into the sport and like are really dedicated to it I'm like it's burnout's going to happen to you like mm-hmm. it's not a matter of if it's when but it's just like how you yeah. manage that burnout like are you going to be and you can really take into life lessons on a lot of things like you're gonna get burned out with work like I know I like mm-hmm. it happened when I was in college I got burned out like it, it did happen towards you know my senior year of college I was just burned out and powerlifting wasn't the thing I was burned out like that was easy that was my outlet powerlifting was the outlet part where I like okay I'm so focused mm-hmm. on school so focused on getting a degree that powerlifting was like okay after school's done I could go just powerlift I could do my thing and then right when powerlifting's over go back to studying and do the whole thing, do all my, you know, get my papers in and all that dumb shit. And then, you know, just kind of restart the cycle. And, you know, powerlifting was enough for me to even stop that burnout from just my regular thing. Now it's the opposite. I got to avoid burnout burnout of powerlifting. And now like the work part and other aspects of life are my outlets. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's a, that's a pretty good, pretty good insight there with uh what keeps you going in the sport so when it's all said and done like this legacy conversation what do you want to accomplish in the sport thought about that i'll ask for your answer too i I, i'm i bet we would probably have something around the similar sphere i don't think i'll be the best i don't plan to be I, I mean i do plan to be as best as i can obviously but i i don't think i'll be the best lifter at 93 105 or whatever other weight class or anything like that i think i can lead a good example to show the more methodical ways of in like high criticism approach of things and looking at you know trends and um helping pick out things for people to do it better than I did. Mm-hmm. I know like the, the path that I took for powerlifting luck, lucked out. I think, you know, I was, I was got into powerlifting in like 2010, 2011 mm-hmm. of like actually um, like thinking about squat bench and deadlift, but I was always training like bodybuilding type style where I would do push pull legs. I was like into the Matt Ogus, um, uh, Alberto Nunez and all those groups of people like their training and i got lucky because like that's a great way to start yeah where you're building a big base of just bodybuilding type lifts and like good compound movements and doing you know hard bodybuilding type training days and then after years of doing that you go into powerlifting that's the way to do it and if i were some of these new kids that are coming up now where they're like hyper focused on you know their arch position and their technique on this and you know their frequency is like three three times a week squat, four times a week de- uh, bench and like twice a week deadlift. And they've only been training for like a year and they barely squat, you know, 300 pounds or something. It's you're all have a long road yeah. ahead of you. <laughs> I, I think starting the way I did was the best, best way. And I think now it's like, I just want to help people learn from the mistakes I made and see how far I can take this path. And, and what can I do optimally in changing the way other people think about their stuff? Mm. So do you currently coach then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's what I, yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I've been doing. I, I think getting into um, 
I, I want to start writing more programs and stuff. I've written a program before um, for people that I didn't charge or anything, but I, I think getting stuff like that needs to be the move because like I said, I get burnt out of like powerlifting stuff sometimes. So I'm not posting always and posting constant content, but I think it is a good idea just to get that out there. Even if it's things that are like repetitive and people have heard before, there are new people that probably haven't seen it and it's a good idea anyway. So that's kind of where I'm thinking about getting into now. Yeah, man. But, I, um, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. I could, I could, uh, man, I, the, uh, the, the push pull leg thing, the Matt Ogus and uh, three team three DMJ. I I sometimes forget about those days that I had, like because that was how yeah, I got. Man. That's how I got my introduction to this, this. Like not, I mean, I guess you could say powerlifting, but it was just fitness. Like I, yeah, wanted to get jacked. I wanted to put on muscle, and that's how I started. And I do see a trend of people not doing that, which I guess is no fault of their own. They're just not educated. Yeah, so if not. you are the person that kind of pushes that, that's going to be huge for the sport. Because seriously, when like, you know, you know, we fucking, I think powerlifters and I'm, I'm guilty of this too. We live on social media. Mm-hmm. When, when Alberto Nunez followed me on social media, <laughs> that was such a moment to me. It was surreal. It was seriously surreal. And when I talked to him at Raw Nationals in 2019, I had a conversation with him. He didn't know, like, my dude, like, you're huge in my development. Like, you have no idea. And when yeah. he followed me, I got this thing like, oh, my God. Like, he followed me on social media. And that's because I started with that. And it was such a crazy thing because that's what really – I mean, I was very fortunate in the sport. I didn't do, you know – I wasn't hitting RP sevens on my squad. I was just doing push pull legs, getting the information from them. Um, and also Eric Helms was big in that too. And, and Lane Orin, I've spoke of like great lanes about Lane Orin on, on two white lights, but all those guys, like I, I got really lucky cause I listened to them built a foundation and I forget about those days. And then I get those mm-hmm. little moments because what you just mentioned, I get those little moments of reminders. I'm like, that was so important to you. When I was just 21, I wasn't compete. I had no desire to compete in powerlifting. I, yeah. but that was what I was doing. And it was so, it was so influential for me. And if like that can just be redistributed in some way to these young kids, that'll be huge. That'll be such a great thing for, I, I, and I think sometimes we forget about that. We forget about that stuff. Like having the power of social media that you can be that person that like if I follow you or like you follow like Chance Mitchell follows someone, it's like holy shit, this is crazy. What they did and the approach of training that they had got me better at the sport. Like yeah. that's that's the, that's uh that's good. That's a huge legacy. I'm I'm right there with you. When you know like either Alberto follows me or we're friends or I talk to Bryce on this or I I feel like wow like. <laughs> who, who am I now? Like, I, it's definitely like a big confidence booster. Uh, but then you kind of remind yourself, like, yeah, this is the position that I made my put mm-hmm. myself in. Like, I'm not like you feel like kind of on the outside, but you're not anymore. And it's important to, to know that we're gonna be there's gonna be that generation that that keeps moving forward like that. And I posted too about like people nowadays. It's so quick how they don't even remember. Like, I'm I'm surprised. You know, and not surprised. Uh, you're because you competed recently, and 
you know, USAPL, but just now starting. But like, yeah, you know, like the Alberta Nunes, you know about their accounts. You know, most of these kids now, they don't know any of these names, dude. Yeah. Like, they barely know, like, Bryce. Like, and it's like, how do you only barely know Bryce? Where I mentioned, like, some, you know, I'm not going to sing names, but like, I mentioned, like, a 93 kilo lifter or another 105 or another, you know, 120 that was, you know, number one or two last couple years. And these people don't even know who they are anymore. Yeah. Like, that's, to me, that's, I, I'm depressed about that because it's like, wow, this is this is how fast you know things have changed. Where the only lifter they know is Sean and Russell. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Which it's like that's good. They're like that's good people to know. But it's also too is like you don't even know the history of like some of this stuff. I remember watching you know Lane at, at IPF Worlds in 2018 or 2017. I think it was in Finland and. Like him squatting like 661 was insane to me, or 660. I think it was 661 or something like that. It was like, oh my god, this is unbelievable, and how like in awe I was. And now it's like, yeah, I squat more than that. Yeah. <laughs> and and like all of us are like we all. And I'm not not taking away. It's just like things have changed so fast, and people have moved so fast, and this is constantly evolving and constantly changing, and it's it's a very I have to take a step back and kind of realize some of this stuff too sometimes, but it is, I'm right there with you with the, Oh, I, I the vindication, like the, the validation on, uh, you know, some of these people like recognizing you as like, Oh, you're, you're one of us now. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I, I guess like, I mean, I mean, if you bring up Lane Norin too, that was another moment. Cause I met him at raw nationals. I won't get into the whole story again about like, you know, the memes were made that he was coaching me and all that kind of stuff. But I did, I looked up to him for such a long time because it was really his nutrition videos. But then when I met him at Raw Nationals, talked to him, and he said, he's like, what, what did you pull yesterday? He's like, 722? I'm like, no, I missed 722, 7'11". He's like, my God, a 183-pound lifter is moving 7'11". And then I like, I'm like, oh my God, he's complimenting me on how like a feat of strength he's impressed with. I'm like, how the shit did I get to this point? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then it's like, if you can do that for another lifter, it's going to be huge for the sport and huge for just just, uh, just a lot of people. Well, it, I mean, for Lane and, like, me too, I, I think of myself as that generation, like, right out, right around Lane, right after Lane, where I the, started coming up. 183, if you're, if you're squatting five, 500, um, if, if you're squatting, you know, 500, deadlifting 600, benching 315, 320 something, you were in the top pack of the 83s at that time. Yeah. Like now, now there are, you know, a handful of people deadlifting 700 and that's getting way more common, but that was unheard of. Like no one could pop. You could not be drug. You could not be natural. You're, you're yeah. not drug free. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Absolutely not. There's no way that like, it's just a fact. Like it's not, not real, That that can't happen. Yeah, and now we're kind of getting to the point where it's not a, unheard of for someone to be squatting seven hundred at you know ninety three kilos, or you know benching five hundred at eighty three or ninety three. Like anything is on the table now, and so now it's become less of this natty or not type thing. But back then, if you were doing anything strong, you're on drugs. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're obviously hey. Hey, you're an idiot if you don't believe me. You're you're on you're on you're in drugs for sure. I know. Oh yeah. Oh man. <laughs> it used to be like that. The, the days of the bodybuilding.com forms, man. Like that is something that I mean, the debate at that time was is Lane Norton Natty? 
or not. Right. And now looking at it, it's like, holy shit, that was an actual debate. Like, yeah, really? <laughs> what, what? No, it was like you are a complete moron if you don't acknowledge the fact that he's obviously on drugs. Yeah, oh, yeah that was, was how it was. It was like, well, and now you look back and you're like, why? He looks. I mean, he looks natural. He's very strong. But he looks natural. There's no crazy like very overblown delts that are ridiculous and traps that are in like touching his you know top of his head. It looks, he looks normal. It looks good. It looks jacked. It looks strong. But like, there's, we're getting to the point now where the sample size is so big that you can see, you know, that they're going to be very strong people, right? Yeah. Like, and that's just how it's going to be. Yeah, and it's actually pretty cool at a point where people make these really shitty YouTube videos on debating if someone's natty or not, and then most of the powerlifting and fitness population are like, you're a fucking idiot, <laughs> and you should not have it. Like, it's good yeah. that we're at that point now because say 2014 that person would not be casted mm-hmm. as a fucking idiot they would have a legitimate argument because they just couldn't believe that a per- a person can be strong and muscular you can't have both yeah. apparently like that's a crazy thing i'm like i cuz we got i got into a debate once with someone random person and i love doing this i love debating random people on social media about the Evan Cardon <laughs> dumb video about Ashton Roska and most people cast it aside as it being pretty stupid. Aware, aware me real quick. I, I, don't I mean, know I mean, I, I mean, I really just did. Evan Cardon, the you know powerlifting. I, I want to call him clown uh, because you know I just don't want to be. I I guess I, I I shit on him so much that I just don't want to be a bully at this point. But okay. he, most of his opinions are cast aside because he acts like a clown. A lot of it's for clout and you know some, some other stuff, but. He made a video about Ashton Roska, natty or not, and why he believes he's not natty. And most people cast it aside as it being really stupid. Like, it was just a dumb video that really didn't make any sense. And then I had people DM me, he's like, wait, do you really think Ashton Roska's not natty? Or do you really think Ashton Roska's natty? And I'm like, yes. I'm like, and but hold on. Do you, and like, let me ask you a question. Do you think Bryce Lewis is natty? And they're like, well, yeah. I'm like, but why? Is it because Ashton Ross was super jacked? I'm like, you can't have muscle and be strong at the same time? Like, Russ Orhe gets a lot more natty or not things than Sean Noriega. It's like, okay, if Sean Noriega lurked, looked a certain way, then he would get that. Like, oh, he, there's no right. way you can have muscle on your body and squat a lot. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Muscles will help you squat a lot. It's like and the abnormal stuff makes sense to me, but nothing's really abnormal. I, I, I kind of understand, though, because, like I said, I'm from that era still, so yeah. I know, like, the arguments that people would make. They're like, oh, looking at, like, oh, your skin pigmentation yeah. here, or your traps are too big, or your delts are too big. So I see what they're talking about, whereas, like, like Sean doesn't have, you know, big delts or arms or anything. He's just, like, a very good, like, lifter and like very strong like output for what he has i will right? give him credit his like, legs it's are like that his legs are fantastic yeah, it's, right no, no no i'm just saying like like you would look at like delts and traps like sean doesn't have very overdeveloped shoulders or anything right yeah you know very normal looking arms but yeah. when you see russell on instagram and you see these pictures that look ridiculous that's what people are looking at and that's their source you know they don't see that in real life he, you know is much smaller and not not smaller not being you know talking shit or anything i'm just saying like you you see through the instagram lens you know or you see 
you know, someone at their best, you know, looking perfect and their veins are hitting this lighting and yeah. you don't see that sometimes, you know, it's like that, I, I guess. What That's I, their argument, I, I bet. Yeah, what I like to tell people in those arguments, I'm like, dude, Ashton is really small in person. <laughs> I just lie to them, like, dude, <laughs> like, Ash is, Ash, is, Ash is super small in person, trust me. <laughs> I just try to get out of the conversation like that, just to throw him under the bus, and they see him like, holy shit, he's not small. But yeah, I just tell because I'm like, I'm not going to get into a really illogical debate, so I just like, oh yeah, I've seen Ashton all the time, but he's not he's not even that big. I'm bigger than him, in all honesty. <laughs> like, I have more muscle on my body, um, just to get them to stop, like, talking to me. But, uh, yeah, and, well, like, that's... Uh... I was going to say one thing is, is, in Texas, the level of athlete we have walking around everywhere is so high I, I don't think people like other people that don't, have never been to texas or live in texas or know anything about the state like texas high school football texas wrestling baseball we are top tier in the united states we are number you know top one right for yeah. every athlete is is like that in football you know they put you through hell and you barely are surviving and if not you put the next athlete up that's insane too and that's how it goes yeah. Like that's how sports are here. It's very, you know, survivalist type type shit and next man up type stuff. And we have so many like top level athletes that are everywhere that people don't know. So I look at like all of the athletes here and I see, you know, Charles goes to my gym. Michael goes to my gym. You know, everybody here in this sphere are all top tier athletes all the time, everywhere you go. Whereas, like, most people don't, you know, have, you know, an Angelo Fortino at their gym. They just have whatever random, you know, other general, general like, power lifters that are kind of interested in the sport. They don't see all these people every day, everywhere you go. Yeah. And it's just normal for me. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, you just, you know, another one of the lifters here. It's like, that's how it goes. But no one sees, you know, a 60, a 74 kilo lifter like Michael just benching over 400, you know, pretty easy. and like doing like volume with 500 on squad or something or seeing me deadlift, you know, 700 every other day or <laughs> all the time. Yeah. I, well, yeah, that's what, I mean, even when I was in high school football, like what well, we would see, cause I'm in Illinois. So we would see like mm. Texas football and like, what the, f what the hell? Like they're that big, yeah. huh? And we don't have, we don't have, I mean, like Illinois, Illinois is not known for our football where we, of course, throw out occasional really good athlete here and there. And there's a few schools who are very good, but it's, it's not like Texas. It's not like Florida. It's not like these places in the South. So when I guess like that would make me a little bit more like once you start playing in a sport and you like kind of observe other sports, there's like, geez, they're just, I mean, I hate the term at this point, but they're just built different in those certain areas. They just, they literally are. It's like, they're just, they mm -hmm. look a whole lot different than us. And when you look at the best state football team in Illinois, it's not even close to like the 15th best in Texas. Like we're never going to be, but I guess we have that thing when it comes to basketball, like Illinois and Chicago is known for our basketball. Like those guys are like, that's the Mecca, but it's not the same build, you know, it's like, they're super tall, they're super athletic, they know how to play the sport, it just, it, it's not the same thing as Texas as regard, like, big, strong, athletic dudes. Yeah, well, like, my school that I went to, we had, like, seven D1 athletes in my class. Yeah. Um, this is, I go to Martin High, I went to Martin High School, 
if you've ever heard of that. That's where uh, Miles Garrett came from. Um, the next school over was where Fred Jackson came from. Um, <laughs> like all and, and the people in my class, there's still people that compete in the NFL now, or that not compete, but live. I mean, <laughs> live that uh, play in you know the NFL now. Like I know a, a kid in my that was in my graduating class, Jaden Obergrom, who's a kicker in the NFL right now. There's you know so many of these people that I just they're normal other other people that I just see all the time that. This is, you know, very obviously just how Texas is, and we're, we're different. And if, yeah. if you look, um, like, in the database, it's just Texas or California. No other states, like, even come close. Maybe, like, New York, I guess, maybe. I don't know what else would be even near Texas or California. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for, for we're, sure. We're above and beyond everybody else. Yeah, for sure, for, especially for football. But then I guess, like, within – you know, like Chicago, that's a thing. Like, if you grow up in Chicago in those certain schools, like with the NBA mm-hmm. players, are like, yeah, like this, these guys have aspirations to be in the league and they actually have <laughs> a legitimate chance. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not completely <laughs> unordinary that some guy would be in the NFL or, I mean, in the NBA or at least playing at like one of these big time Division One schools. Like, it just. It happens that way, or they're going to be on these stacked AAU teams. So yeah, the 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 the, the level of athlete really uh, could progress from place to place. But I guess the the steroid, like the natty or not, would be with the big burly guys. Like no one's ever accusing a basketball player for being on steroids. You know what I mean? Like that's right. that's the difference. It's like no one's ever accusing like the like a big like a great soccer player or I mean really. I guess at a time there was, but even a great baseball player, like in the Californias, like of being on PEDs, because a lot of it is just muscle of how people look. And right. there's just some genetic freaks out there. For sure, man. Yeah, but that was a, that was a solid answer with that legacy talk. I really like that one. Um, all right, so we're going to do word association right now. You are familiar with word all association. Right. I give you a word. Things that come to mind first are off easy, progressively get a little bit more complex. USA so I just I just say so I just say the word that's it I'll just say one word about it. People get too hung up on that I think. People say okay. the first word if that helps you find but you can just be you know you could have a phrase in mind a sentence phrase yeah. So USAPL. Okay. Drug free. That's that's a common one. <laughs> I know that's going to bother some people they're like no it's not. <laughs> yeah. God if I that's it, the quickest way to get me mad on a tangent is when someone says, mm-hmm. you know, like, I love how they think that they're dropping like these dimes of knowledge on me when they're like, you know, drug tested doesn't mean drug free. I'm like, thanks. Right. Man. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, dude. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for that. But yes, drug free. Totally. I, I, I great answer for USAPL. <laughs> USPA. Um, shit. <laughs> Untested. That was that was what I was going to say, but yeah, yeah, untested. Okay. What's what's your view? Then what's your view on untested lifting? You like, are you part of the person who follows it, or is there like a little stigma for you for untested? I follow friends or people that I know, mm-hmm. but otherwise, I, I and this may people get mad at me for saying this, but I think of it as a different different sport. <laughs> I, I think of it as a different different game. Like I'm. I'm I have not no, no issue with it. Like I've competed in so many untested federations and have done that. I like have been in that sphere. I just don't 
really have that much interest in the numbers specifically. Because I see like X, you know, lifter pull 900 every other day on Instagram or something. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, I, I just, you know, I, I don't see the tangible things about it. But I have no problem with untested. I coach, you know, untested lifters. You know, I have no, I know, no issue. You know, yeah. I think it's- people think I do, though, but I, I don't. I, 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 I'm completely open. It's just not my sport, I guess. Yeah, I, I guess it's just, I guess it's like when you have an opinion on something and it gets to a point, people automatically associate you with that because yeah. I've probably said some shit about untested lifting that should get me more like either controversy surrounding me than probably you mm-hmm. have. But it's just like it depends on what you say it or when you say it that people would associate that with you. Because people don't, it's just crazy, people don't assume me to be like this drug, or like this, I guess it's because maybe I have two white lights and I interview these people, but when you hear me, it's like talk about, I, I openly encourage people, or I openly discourage people not to do steroids ever. I have a very hard stance on it, but people don't associate me with the, like being the, natty elitist like which is weird to me but i i i I mean i think i i personally have a lot of conservative values and there are things that i believe in and i know that are are controversial um that you know i i'm still gonna stand to my ethics and values about how i feel about things i just think with drugs and i think people need to be more honest about this whenever you get on you know PEDs very early on, uh, you are shortchanging yourself as far as connective tissue health, bone density health, like, or not just not health, but bone density, um, you know, actually building a structure that your body can support all the muscle that is going to be inevitable and you get hurt. I, I see so many people that are untested get constantly, constantly injured, constantly battling adductor pain, constantly battling, pulling their hamstring, constantly tweaking or tearing their quads. Or t- and it's like, why can't you just be honest about why this is happening? Well, that's, I have no problem with you doing that or taking that route, but let's be honest here. There's a reason why me, Sean, you know, you, David Wilson, whoever are these other are not getting hurt 24 seven. Yeah. It's because our connective tissue and structure has the ability to support what we've been doing because it took a long time and took more time and it took more, you know, overall just, you know, consistency and everything else. Not, not that I think that people that are untested aren't consistent. I just think there are so many other things that built that up to it. And then you see lifters like, you know, John Hack or Yuri Belkin or certain other lifters that, you know, were competed, tested and for a long time, and then they decide to get on, and then that's when those yeah. are the standout athletes, right? Like, you know, Jamal, Jamal uh, Browner failed a drug test in USAPL, or in CPU, really. Um, he, he failed a, a drug test, and he was really strong before that, yeah. right? Like, he was pulling over 700 well before that, and, you know, had a good, huge base. And then, you know, he failed a drug test, and then it's un- fully untested. Uh, and you see what he's doing now. That wouldn't have happened. He wouldn't be. I know for a fact, if he was on drugs for seven years ago, 
I don't think he would be the same level lifter he is now. Yeah. And I think people on the untested side need to be honest with themselves about that. I see so many people that are like 19, 20, 21 that are on gear that are like barely squatting 550, like they're in 93 or 93, 100 kilos or, you know, 110. And they're barely squatting 600, 650 or something like that. And they're battling all these injuries yeah. and always are tweaking something. Be honest with why this is the case. I have no problem with you want to do that, but don't lie and don't pretend like this isn't, you know why this is happening. You know that if you weren't on all this stuff, you wouldn't be able to be even close to where you were. And there's things like that that I'm, I have a very hard stance on. Um, and I think th these people need to be more honest with getting kids. Younger kids are newer into lifting about getting onto drugs uh, that people need to be much more aware of that think it's just going to be fucking sunshine and, and rainbows the whole way through getting mm -hmm. up to an 800 pound deadlift. Yeah. Like you're just going to be destroying your muscle and your connective tissue and everything. So many people that I know that are untested are, are always having some sort of issue or bullshit. And I coach people that are untested that there's always some issue going on that they're working around or trying to, and it's always this huge uphill battle even when their programming is, is dialed in, even when they're not maxing out every day, yeah. right? When they're having a reasonable training approach, they are still having so many problems. And that's, and it's not like, Oh, it's just my body's fault. No, it's not. It's because of this. Yeah. And I wish people would be honest about that and tell kids that are not, that are getting into this. You need to wait 10 years, 15 years of training and then decide to do it. Cause I know if I were to get on, you're going to see me get up to, you know, 850, 8, 900. I, people may not believe that. I know for what I could do, if, if I took whatever I needed to take, I'm, I'm going to have such bigger of a base and good connective tissue health, all this kind of durability gains and benefits that I could get up to that range. Mm -hmm. But these people don't have it. They don't have a good structure that can support the new mass that they're going to get. And they're just going to blow shit up. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. I completely agree with you. And the surprising thing with even doing two white lights is I, I could occasionally get this, uh, if you speak out about it, you get this stigma of being like, you're discouraging a part of the sport. And that means you're anti untested lifting. Like I'm not exactly mm -hmm. to that extent, but at the same time, like I don't want people to take steroids and all the things that you just mentioned are the reasons why, because they look at John Hack and they don't even acknowledge that he was this amazing natty lifter, like an incredible world champion yeah. doing shit that nobody thought he could do. Right. Then he starts, he goes on stuff, and, like, oh, and then he gets stronger. That's because he built that great foundation. But when I have people on the show who are untested, and they specifically tell me, like, kids or people in their, like, 18, 19 years old should not be taking steroids. Like, that was one of the real interesting things, the conversations I had with Chris Bridgeford. Was he was telling like, dude? I, I, I like Chris. He, he's he uh, he's one of those lifters that I follow that I think can yeah. be honest about some of this stuff, and I, I like I like him. Yeah, and he's like, and he's like, dude, if you are 18, 19 years old, do not do it. And there's there's this yeah. crazy thing where a lot of them, even Garrett, has said it. Like, there's part of him that wishes that he hasn't taken PEDs or steroids. At point, like he really wishes that he could have took the natty route, and Chris Bridgeford said the same thing. He's like, he'd do it over again. He possibly would have took the natty route, and that's that's just really like 
this uh, this moment of realization when you say that, but then you go on Instagram, you say something, it's like, yeah, dude, don't take steroids, or I don't think that people that the steroid you should be promoted. People like, throw a stigma on you. It's like, wait, this guy who is seriously on steroids has said the same exact thing. Like, there's got to be yeah. something to that. So, yeah, that's well. Well, think of it this. Think of it this way. Like when you started, or you know, even five years ago, did you ever think you'd be deadlift, trying to get to like a seven eighty, seven ninety oh. deadlift? No, fuck you no. know, drug free. I would have. I would have thought or in, in my head. I was like, there's no way I'll ever deadlift. Even like where I was, I'll never deadlift seven hundred drug free. In 2014, if you would have told me that, no way. Like, there's no way I'll be able to do that. And mm-hmm. now I'm trying to get up closer to 800 instead. Yeah, like, that's you know, and it's stuff like that that's you don't realize in the the grand scheme of things. At just doing it for so long, you just get better and you get better and you get better and you get better. And after the fact that you're doing all of that, if you want to, go for it. But I think what's good now about USA powerlifting and the growth of drug-free powerlifting. It's steering people away from doing that. Yeah, I do. I agree. And I think more of this, like, just the promotion of drug-free lifting is going to be great for the sport. It's like, that is one thing that I, I don't think that was a conversation, you know, when powerlifting started to really get power, uh, this this massive popul- popularity was, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of it was from steroids. And I thought there was, when I first even got started in sports, there was this real promotion of steroids. Like it was like people would say like no you're crazy I'm like no there yeah. was like I compete in the APF and I saw what they would say and like they would you know it's nothing like terrible but they would always be like oh the natty guy or like oh the guy who's drug free and it's like hey dude you know what you could do without when you're on gear I'm like yeah I, I do know I just don't want to do it you know what I mean I'm like you know what yeah, the funny me thing and is. You na- the funny well, I was gonna say, me and you now, where we're at, where where we're at now, is ahead of these people. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, for absolutely. Free. I mean, it was I was ahead of them when I started. These people in APF yeah. and all this stuff. And, like when I started, I'm like, I'm still doing more than you, and they're always like, Oh yeah, but you could be like the. I mean, uh, someone like uh, at at the time, Yuri Belkin was was he's like, you can be one of these guys. But the thing that I told them was, I'm like, you know, <laughs> which is funny. I'm like, hey man, the reason why I don't want to take you know gear. Cause I love my hair and I don't want to lose it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's so, I'm sorry, like, if I lose my hair, that's pretty much it for me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. Your, your sex drive issues, having children, having heart issues later on, having in you know, a high blood pressure, having, you know, acne, having, you know, just even all, there's so many things that like people don't really want to say that there are real or like night sweats, cramping, having real problems, you know, in all different aspects of health. And the, the thing is, is like, it's a male hormone, you know, all steroids or anabolics mm-hmm. is, you know, a subset or derivative of, you know, male testosterone. And a lot of it is, you know, based around that. And taking it has real health side effects for you down the road, especially in, you know, superhuman level doses. And even women, and that's what, people were upset about and that's probably what you know the big thing about me being super anti-drug usage and stuff people heard me say like i'm not you know i i'm not i don't want to see it in women either and it's because of that it's because of the the side effects and health problems and it's a when you take for a male to take you know um 
crazy human superhuman level dosage of male male hormones that has an effect there's another effect for women if they do that and they take superhuman level you know amounts of male hormones that has another effect on them too that's a little bit harsher you're equating the same thing yeah and that's what people were really upset about and i have no problem with sticking by you know the some of the things that i that i've said like with, with that because the 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 real sad thing is is like if you don't have any kind of like ethical ranges then there is no like what does it even matter that we have drug-free powerlifting at all what does it even matter that we have you know drug tests off-season drug tests or like if you're if we're that liberal socially liberal about the the topic we're not gonna have you know these things and that's why like the stuff i don't know if you were paying attention to the mx division things like that and like the trans community coming out to be very um attacking usapl in different ways and everything that kind of forced usapl's hand in the mx division stuff it's it's a very you're getting into territory where now it's like hey if you don't recognize me in the actual women's division then you know you guys are part of the problem and you're transphobic it's stuff like that that's like you've got to, i understand the political ramifications mm-hmm. for this type of discussion but it is also a sport and you have to be able to protect the sport and keep whatever the traditional values of what it was founded upon um in face of pressure so yeah. there, there are topics like this, like the untested stuff that, you know, people may not like my opinion and I understand, and I'm not trying to convince you of my opinion, but I'm not going to change my opinion just because, you know, people, you know, don't like me or get upset at, at me. You know, yeah. I, I, I like to think that I'm pretty reasonable on things, especially if you hear me out, but I, I do understand that not everybody's going to agree. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And all the, the funny thing is all the things you just mentioned I was pretty aware of, you know, the heart disease, possible things, the night sweats, and all the, the health ramifications. And really, I just couldn't mm. get past my hair. Like, I just could not. <laughs> I couldn't. That was really, I'm like, because, I mean, seriously, my girlfriend asked me about it. And she's like, why don't you take steroids? Because we I was talking about powerlifting and how there was a uh, tested mm-hmm. side and not tested side. He's like, why don't you take steroids? I'm like, because you wouldn't be with me if I was on steroids. I'm like you would I'm like you love my skin and my hair. Both those things would be ruined if I took steroids. I'm like, and that would I'm like, and that will make me unattractive to you. I'm like, so you and she's yeah, like, oh really? You lose your hair on or something? I'm like, occasionally, I'm like, you kinda lose your hair and that's that's I'm very vain when it comes to that. It's it's such an amplifier in so many ways, like like that, right? If you already have like, you know, I'm, I'm not saying you're you lose hair early. I don't know when your genetics, your line where you yeah, probably lose me, your hair. Yeah, me neither. But like it just it, it accelerates that that time window and that that frame, and it's the same way with everything, right? Like it accelerates if you have heart problems, it's going to accelerate that yeah. issue. If you have already have high blood pressure, okay, now you're bleeding out of your eyeballs or you yeah. know, it's like like fucking Larry Wheels or whatever, yeah. right? Like your stuff like that. Like there's so many things that. It, it it's it's a big big difference in, in two like even a mental emotional states like they're like people meme it and made jokes long ago about like oh roid rage but it's, it's not necessarily roid rage it's more like it just amplifies parts of people's personality and like 
traits and stuff. So when you get upset, you're really upset. Or when you have, you know, an emotional, like, you know, thing that you keep within, you let it out sometimes. It's stuff mm-hmm. like that that I've seen. And, you know, I, I, I'm not an expert. I'm not telling people that are listening that are, you know, untested what it is. I'm just giving you my perspective that I see. And I think it's reasonable. So Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's all. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, like, yeah, it's, I mean, as far as word association goes, it's probably like one of the longest explanations <laughs> yeah. we ever got. So I'm going to give you one more word association. I'm going to close off on okay. something else. Straps. Okay. Wait, say it again. Straps. Cheating. Cheating. I'm glad I have another person on the podcast who hates straps as much as I do. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the the straps thing. There, like, there is data to support it. There is like very common sense to support it. Like, the the idea that it's not a different lift is is silly to me. And people that actually defend it. I, I, I can't I can't agree. Even like people that are like, oh, I pull hook grips, so I need new, new straps. I'm like, sure, that's fine, but don't do it on your top set yeah. and then, you know frame frame your whole like outlook on what you're going to hit at the meet based on you pulling with straps, right? Like, oh well, my grip would have given out. Well, okay, then you can't do it. Like, then that's how it goes, you know. But like, if you want to use straps on, I tell like athletes that I coach, right? You want to use straps on your back down volume sets or whatever. As long as it's not this crutch that we're leaning on, I'm okay with you using straps on the volume stuff if your hands are torn apart, but I'm not okay with you doing your top set work and doing like your heaviest pulls and all that kind of stuff with straps, especially the ones that hang down in the bottom of your fingertips. Like how many, how many pulls do you see where people are pulling with straps and, and the bar is like not even in their hand? Yeah. No, I, how, totally. how, how do you honestly tell other people that you deadlift this much you yeah. don't fucking yeah. liar oh yeah for sure for me <laughs> i i am i'm with you on that a hundred percent um i i it's just um i've always seen i and i think i made an instagram post about this before i'm like you mm-hmm. should never under any circumstance deadlift a single with straps ever i'm like i don't care what you are doing just don't do it because every single time i see it on king of lifts and i see straps on i'm like why the fuck is this post on oh king of lifts? i hate it i i don't like it and there's okay. people told me about a hook grip people tell me about hook grip i'm like okay i understand that and understand tools with the straps i understand how it could be used as a variation i can see how it could help for me occasionally if i'm doing a pause deadlift but when it's a big single and i see the straps on i'm like Oh my God! I know for a fact it'll slip right out of your hands. You did it for a set of three. I know if you gripped it, you wouldn't do it for one. Of course, and and the thing is, it's like, oh well, chance. You know what? It's still strong. Oh hey, chance. Like that's still really good, though. It's like I know that. I'm not saying that it's not. I'm just saying that you and I both know, especially when you're like, I'm deadlifting 900 with straps, right? How much does that percentage? actually matter when you're deadlifting 900 and you put on straps you probably wouldn't even do 800 it literally is that big and people do not understand these types of things people like me and you understand it because it's like we very obviously can see the tangible difference but most people cannot mm-hmm. you know a random newer lifter that only deadlifts 315 or 405 they don't understand yeah. obviously they won't until they they see it for themselves it's just so much stuff like that, but I, I I'm with you with the key of the lift stuff. And Hey, I love Ryan. I, I talked to him, you know, constantly. It's like, 
I wish he would just put out the legit shit. Put out this guy squatting to death perfectly. That was amazing. That is like he did it on kilos. He did it on everything. And now no one can talk shit about it. And then only post that and don't post <laughs> 15 other random, random, crazy, weird looking lifts that, oh, this is crazy. It's like highlight the people that really deserve it and then just stop posting a million of them. Yeah. Because then like those people would get real, real looks. But you have like 300,000 followers or however many followers and you put out 15 videos and no one even sees half of them. Yeah. I don't even <laughs> see half the videos that are posted. And I don't know what's going on. And it's like, okay, now this person like that you wanted to support basically didn't get anything. He's literally just like, oh, I'm just going to glance through this and keep swiping. But if you only put up like one or two posts a day, if that, of big, big stuff, you'd get, he would get so much more out of it. Yeah. So, Ryan, if you're listening. <laughs> oh, I know. Uh, Ryan has to be listening right now. I would know that for a fact. But, um, yeah, like, yeah, I totally agree. Oversaturation, with the, especially with the straps. You know, you can do it on palm plates, whatever. I'm cool with that. But yeah, that's the fine. straps part is like, come on. Really? Like, we're doing we're doing straps now. But, yeah, I'm glad uh, my hatred for snap er, for straps has, uh, been, has been equivalent uh, for a guest, at least on Two White Lights. So, the last thing I want to do, which is something I'm trying new. Okay. So, I know that you were very happy for the announcement of NCAA football coming back to oh, EA yeah. Sports. So, if you can give yourself, like, an NCAA player or even take it further than, like, a Madden rating on all three lifts from a scale of 1 to 100, <laughs> oh, what shit. would it be that's, for squat, bench, and deadlift? Good. That's good. Um... Okay, let me ask you this first. Are you thinking of it as in across everybody of every weight class? Or are you thinking about in your weight class? Or let's, are you thinking of that, – that would help because yes. I don't want to be like, oh, I'm a fucking 97. It's like – Yeah, that, well, that, no, that, that's a great question. has to be in your weight class because it ha- – okay. so if you're going based on just people you're competing with, all of our records are based on who we compete with, right? So in the weight class, if you set yeah. the deadlift record – you're doing it based on your weight right. class. So what would it be across the line, squat, bench, and deadlift within your weight class? Okay. Um, I would – okay. I, well, I need you to tell me yours after this. Okay. I'll tell, I'll, I'll, tell me, I'll tell you mine. I, I would say – and this is as a 93. I would say 90 squat. Bench 79, <laughs> 79, 81, 80, maybe. I, I mean, I'm still benching, you know, 190. There's not very many people that bench that much more that are in where I'm at. But I, I would say probably around 79, maybe, maybe 81 around there. And then deadlift, I don't think there's any other 93 that deadlifts what I do on a good day. Uh, but I, I would say probably 97, 96. Okay. I mean, like for you, I would say your your deadlift is at ninety nine for eighty threes. I would. So I'll tell you mine. And actually, yeah, I think you okay. for a person. So this is the thing because I've tried this in the past before, not with other lifters, but like as an Instagram post kind of thing. Um, one P 
people have like sometimes when they make their own ratings, they've obviously never played a sport, and two, they have never played Madden or NCAA football yeah. to understand these ratings because right, right, they're right. always like crazy. So yeah, yours like, was like yours was quite accurate. Like if you're a seventy nine, I was I was saying is that if you're seventy nine overall and you're like a quarterback, you can still do okay. Like you're still gonna be okay. Like you're. You, that's not going to be limiting the overall like gameplay overall of your team. Seventy nine is is workable, I, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, yeah, for if sure. You're 90, if you're ninety seven, ninety nine, you are like top tier, top you know one, two, three, you know. Yeah. So so for my rating, I would probably say for squat like eighty two, uh, bench. Probably like a 77, 76. And then for deadlift, I would go 97, 98, only because I'm number two in the world. Like, if I was yeah. if I was the That's best true. in the That's world, I would be 99. But 97 is yeah. like, it's close, but not quite the best. So, yeah, I, I like your rating. Your rating, I think, was probably like spot on what I would rate you. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah, I think, the, I think deadlift, me and you are... Like you deadlift more relative to your to your weight class than I do, so it's like we're we're both still right there because the weight class difference, like the curve, still ends up being very similar. But yeah, I I, I think yours are is dead on too. All right, man. All I, right. I did I did have one I did have one more thing that I did want to talk to you about before we got off. Um, there's this this anti um, anime narrative from you. Yeah. That we that I, I don't I I'm not I'm not heavily I'm not I, I watch anime I watch um like shows I'm not like Jonathan Keiko where he's playing Dragon Ball Z every every uh, training session. I mean, you're not like Jonathan Keiko, Nico Flores, uh, <laughs> fucking all these guys on yeah. Team Joey Flex. Pretty much all of them. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's. There are a lot of those people, and I don't even know if they're called like those. They are specifically weeds. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think. They, I don't think they constitute that. Like I think, like Keiko likes Dragon Ball Z and likes, oh, yeah, they, you know, these because that's that's really only anime that I see. I see him even post. But in my head, and I, I kind of think this is how you are, and I think this is how I was like years ago. In my head, I would be like. Wow, this person likes anime. I guess they're a school shooter, then, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how I thought no, of it. I I wouldn't be on the school shooter <laughs> side. I would be on the. I would be on the. Uh, they would just. They would. They would sit in the class and make weird sound effects at random times. They would be super quiet the entire time, but then they would just like make a weird sound effects of like. Um, I don't know what fucking anime people like. Some super power thing, like Attack on Titan, or yeah, yeah, yeah like some some shit yeah. like that. And I, I would I would associate that with them, and of course, not knowing how to talk to women. That would be that would be the big one. Because <laughs> see, I I so for me personally, I'm very into U.S. politics, and I follow a lot of politics stuff. I follow a lot of that kind of thing, mm-hmm. and so. If you if you pay attention to entertainment and movies and stuff like that now, like mainstream from Hollywood type movies, they all have a political agenda. Yeah, you know, like you can see that. Like 
in Star Wars or something, right? Yeah. There's this feminism is top tier, ultimate everything. We need to teach the men how to do everything. That's how it is right now. And like, I'm not saying it's awful or the wrong thing. I'm just saying that is there is a political motivation in a lot of entertainment right now. The reason why I like anime, and I'm not a weeb, I'm a anime, I'm a, a fan of anime, of specific yeah. anime, right? And I like it because Japan, how they have things set up, is not like that. They don't really care or involve themselves with that. So it yeah. is a good outlet in that sense. I think when someone doesn't like anime or they hate it, they're like, oh my god, you're a school, like how I thought of it, like, oh, you're a school, school shooter and you have no, no friends and you're an awful person and you're just a degenerate person. I used to think of it that way. Yeah. And then I saw the the different side. Like, I don't watch, like, anime like like Keiko does or whatever, like Dragon Ball Z, yeah. superhero type stuff. I don't really pay attention. I like the, like, a psychological type thing where it's, like, it gets you thinking about something. And the way that I think about it is, look, if, uh, did you watch Game of Thrones? Oh, yeah, I love it. So, uh, all right, here we go. So if you liked Game of Thrones, right? You like Game of Thrones. You like that whole story. Oh, yeah. Do you know how much money it took for them to make Game of Thrones? A lot. <laughs> Too I much. Know you, I know you know that. I know you know how much it costs to make Game of Thrones, yeah. right? Now, what if we just did that whole thing, the whole same story, everything, and just made it animated so it could be actually done in a way that's not incredibly cost costly, and it like we would only have one of these shows ever in the entire world, right? Yeah. That is how you should think about it if you want to be if you want to have some sort of other outlet for some of this stuff, because otherwise you won't find a game of Thrones everywhere else. You won't find, you know, like Vikings. If you ever watched that yeah. um, on the history channel, or you won't have, you know, Hannibal or Dexter or these other shows or, you know, breaking bad. You won't see these shows because it costs money to make and it's expensive. Yeah. But if you have like an animated show that is the exact same thing, uh, to me, in my head, that's where I'm like, okay, I can get behind that. Oh. Because I used to think it was the most degenerate <laughs> shit ever. And I was like, I can't believe you even admit to this. <laughs> like, I was one of those people. I was like, I'll never watch this. I'm never going to be this person. Oh, it's so disgusting to me that you actually watch it. You are, you're, you're like, I don't ever want to talk to you. You don't have, you're not my friend. <laughs> I, I was, <laughs> I was like that. And you know what? I was like, let me just give it a chance and stop thinking that. Oh my god, this is the worst degenerate <laughs> shit ever. And I think if you did that and you watched a show that was like what you because there's you know genres, it's just it's the same thing as any other show, like any other it's just a genre, a different genre that's animated. That's it. Okay. So I bet you could find something that maybe Angela doesn't absolutely think is the worst shit ever. All right. <laughs> so here's the all right, so here's the thing. Here is okay. like seriously the truth of it. I am not, I, I don't like anime for the reasons of just, like, I don't like it as much as actual, like, TV goes. Like, I just don't like it as much. But here's the thing. I ham it up on social media. Like, I don't even want, I don't even want to bring this out because then I can't. people. Oh, yeah. I love, I love pissing them off. That's, like, that's actually my, my most fun thing. Because really, like, when anime was around, I was like, all right, whatever, it's animated shit. Like, I don't really care. Like, it's not mm -hmm. a thing. Like, right. But when I saw more USAPL lifters like it, and then I guess the whole, I guess the lifting to anime is like, all right, really, guys? Come on. Like, <laughs> I, how, I hate that. I, like, how, I, no, I, and that's, like, I don't like that. Yeah, so I had Jesus Oliveras on the show. 
And he's a big anime uh-huh. fan. Like, but he's yeah. he's like on the same boat. Like, dude, really? You guys are lifting to that music? Like that shit doesn't. Yes. He's like, I'd rather lift to silence or something. I'd rather listen to like some music. Right. Like that shit. Like yeah. to me, I feel like you're putting on a front to be a part of the an the powerlifting anime community that has created through Team Joey Flex, Nico Flores, Deadlift Panda, Yu Yu Ren. Um, Jonathan Kaiko. I think they just do that to fit in, you know. So me you making fun what? of them you? is like, <laughs> is like, I just like making fun of them. Then when I got the reaction, I'm like, oh, you don't give a bully a reaction because now I'm just gonna get worse with my takes on anime. And just you, the the thing is, like, you've got to be careful because these are the people that <laughs> that that might show up and yeah. <laughs> Like these, I, I, it is cool because I, I see like Keiko or, or Joey or post about it and it gives some of these people that are a little less confident and yeah. like have feel, feel bad. And like that are like, they like anime and they feel bad about themselves because they know people attack it. And so they feel like, Oh, I can, I can, uh, you know, look, I can look at like Joey or, um, Jonathan and it's, it means something to me and I, they feel good about it. So it's like it, it they can resonate a little bit more and so they see that I see I feel bad for those people because it's like, all right, well, I know you don't really you're not you're not trying to be mean no. and just pick on him. But you're but you're having fun about it. And I, I, I like seeing it. I, I don't ever get involved or anything, but I like watching and seeing what you say about stuff yeah. like that. And it's nothing <laughs> to the point where I'm like going like on these tangents. I'm just saying like, you know, if you if you lift the anime, like you're kind of cringe yeah. sometimes, it's and crazy, I like yeah. to make memes about it, and it's usually very lighthearted. Like, and I often try to like always be sarcastic with it. But I, and and people tell me the same thing. And actually, I gotta get Nico Flores actually on really soon because we have a bet going. If he outtotals these this year, I have to watch a season of anime. Um, so like that's uh, we gotta get the we gotta get the stipulations of the bet on two white lights to really get like how what i'm gonna watch how i'm gonna watch it do i have to do a recap for him like we got to do that bet like to and then i got to figure out what happens if i out total him what do i have to make him do so nico doesn't even real really like anime he watches like a couple of the popular ones <laughs> <in terms of. laughs> oh because he's he's taking it upon himself his takes he He's taking it upon himself to get me into the anime thing. So if you're saying yeah, that, that's a whole beef. You. He's not gonna out total you. <laughs> All right, I mean, I don't think he will. I, but I, I, I love Nico, but I don't think he's gonna out total you. Oh yeah, well that's what that that's what he said. So I'm like, all right, if you're gonna out total me, I will be a man of my word and watch a season of anime of your choosing. And we got to figure out how you know I'm going to watch anime. Like we got to get him that's on the show a- again. It's such a wor- worthless bet because it's not going to happen, and you know that. That's why you're like, "Oh yeah, I'll watch this." I like, but here's no, never <laughs> but here's the thing, though. But here's the thing: I don't. I'm not completely opposed to watching anime. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not completely opposed to it. What you said when you make the comparison to Game of Thrones, and I've used the analogy before with Joey Flex when he's on the show because he knows that I hate anime, so we had a good conversation about that. But I'm like, I understand why people like anime. I like professional wrestling and that people can make, yeah, people can make fun of me all they want about professional wrestling. That's a thing that I like. I don't watch, actually, the funny thing about professional wrestling is 
I don't mm-hmm. like the current stuff of professional wrestling because a lot of them are fucking dorks. Like, they're anime dorks. <laughs> a lot of the professional wrestlers are anime dorks. And I'm like, no, I don't I don't want this to dominate my life. Like, I liked it when, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin was bursting beers and raising hell and, you know, stomping a mud hole on people's asses. And The Rock being the overconfident type jock. Now we got guys who are like Twitch streamers and anime dorks being professional wrestlers. And I'm like... No, I don't like this. I don't like the, the this direction of current wrestling. I like the older wrestling. But oh, I, I guess Game of Thrones is actually a really good comparison. Game of Thrones, to me, and this just speaks to how I am as a person, I'm really, I just like really well acted things. Like, yeah. Like, so like, like, I mean, like movies, TV shows. Like, when I get real life acting, it's not the action. To me, it really, Game of Thrones, the action was cool, but the. The acting of it Drama and like the, the, the dialogue between characters, like even with Quentin Tarantino movies, I'm a huge Quentin Tarantino fan. The dialogue in those movies are so good and it supersedes the action parts of his movies so much to me where an anime, I know you can't create the human element of acting with animated characters. I think, I think that's part of where you're wrong because with, you know, like anime in and of itself, I, when you watched it, did you watch it dubbed? No, I mean, I don't watch it. I mean, I don't... uh, Oh, well, I'm saying, the reason why you... I think that when you say that, it's like, oh, it's not realistic. Well, yeah, because it's animated. But when it's dubbed in English, it sounds even worse. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, that's... I mean, yeah, if I was going to watch it, it wouldn't be dubbed in English. Like, I wouldn't watch it that way. But at the same time... You watch it in subs, and it's easier to know, like, it's because you're reading and paying attention... And you're not always focused on, like, the inflection wasn't right here or the, like, the voice acting sounds more because we don't know, you know, I don't know Japanese. So you read, you read it and you can just kind of follow along there. So yeah. I'm, I'm cool with you not liking it. I am okay with you attacking these kids. I'm, I'm fine that you trigger them. And I'm, I just sit there and I enjoy it because I'm like, yeah, I, I, that's how I felt about it. No, not, not capping at all. Like, you are, I know, like, you're having fun with it, but I was like, one of those people that was like, I can't believe you. Yeah. I can't believe you. I, you were my friend until you told me you watch anime, and now I've never talked yeah, about it my girl, My girlfriend, like, likes anime. Like, I never, we never clashed about this. Like, I only clashed about it until I got into powerlifting, and of course, I mean, I've, so I've made so many memes about powerlifting. You know what I mean? Like, I always make memes around the sport, and seriously, the most amount of hate I've ever received was the anime memes. And really, yeah. when you look at the amount of anime memes I've made, they are not that bad. <laughs> no, of course not. Like, I, like the, that like triggered the, the most amount of now, people. The demographic now of powerlifting in this era that we're in is like the college kid and newer to lifting, and those are the anime viewers, right? Yeah. So, like, those, of course, are going to be so upset oh, whenever yeah. you say anything about their yeah. beloved... And anime is huge. Like, anime is much bigger now than I was at, like, when I was in high school, like, very few people really loved anime. Like, and if you kind of, like, Dragon Ball Z was, like, the biggest one. And people liked it, but it wasn't, like, this huge thing. You know what I mean? Like, like, so many of us just weren't into it. Now it's, now high schoolers are super into it. Right, but, like, this is, is, so if you knew Game of Thrones and you paid attention to Game of Thrones, 
the writer for Attack on Titan was heavily influenced on Game of Thrones, was yeah. such a big fan of Game of Thrones. And Attack on Titan mirrors a lot of Game of Thrones. And in my opinion, the writing is better in Attack on Titan than Game of Thrones, especially by the end of Game of yeah, Thrones. Yeah, don't, don't, don't even bring up the end. Don't even bring up the end of Game what, of Thrones. What and, that's, <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. It's like, I bet if you watch Attack on Titan, it's such a mainstream popular show that you like. You don't have to like anime to even like yeah. that show. I've got to believe I'm, me, I've gotten all of it. <laughs> I got my coach in my fucking ear about how great Attack of Titan is. I had Ashton Roska in my fucking ear, how great it is. Jesus, Nico, uh, Russ. Russ did his thing when he was on the show of me liking anime, like trying to convince me to like anime. And like his argument to me, I'm like, I'm not. They don't watch. None of these people that you're talking about actually watch anime. I would say Joe Sanic totally does. I bet he doesn't. No, he he because he gives me a an like an encyclopedia of things I should watch. Okay. Because I mean, all right, and he got me because when Candido and I did the show, we trashed anime for about thirty minutes. So when we had the interview, he was like, "You guys aren't I don't even know talking why about Johnny is talking. Why is Johnny talking <laughs> yeah. about talking shit about anime? He played World of Warcraft all the time. Everyone has their anime. That's, that's the problem. That's the problem when i hear these people talking shit about whatever it's like oh yeah you love fucking avengers but you hate anime it's so it's like i'm like well okay like that's what i'm talking about yeah. you said oh i love no. wrestling and uh, yeah. you're like oh anime is for losers <laughs> yeah oh well, yeah no, exactly that's like the thing i and i said that so many times like everyone's got their their thing you know what i mean like yeah what i always used to make fun of star, i mean star wars like like Harry Potter yeah. people and Star Wars people, when they would go to the premieres, like dress as the person, I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? Like, that's crazy. Right, right. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Then I watched Game of Thrones and I got it. I understood why they did that. I wouldn't ever do it, but I'm like, right. I, okay, I got, I found something I'm a big nerd about. Same thing with wrestling. Like, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, just last, my, my last SWAT video, I did a Ric Flair walk after the thing. Like, that's, that's nerdy and shit. That's kind of crazy. Like, you know, Ric Flair is this old fucking dude from North Carolina, and I just did the Ric Flair strut, like, and, uh, you know, the wrestling fans are like, oh, yeah, Ric Flair, respect. Uh, but, like, it's, it's, no, everyone I, has I'm their shit. Everyone like, has I, their dirty I, I stuff. Don't, yeah, I, I'm, I'm into weird things that people don't necessarily think I'm, like, I like anime, I like esports, I like stuff like that, so I don't ever, like, now, I'm like, if that's what you like, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Do you like yeah. watching it? That's cool. Dude. Or if you're into that, that's cool. Like, Dude, I'll never... I mean, look not... behind me. Look behind me. The people can't yeah. see it. Well, I'm sick. a huge sports fan. That's, yeah, that's fucking nerdy. I Dude, the Bears, the, the, the fucking... I have a signed ball by Dick Buckus, Mike Singletary, and Brian Urlacher. They ruined my fucking days, Bears. The goddamn Chicago Bears will make me into an attitude that I dislike. I'm like, I'm just in a bad mood because the Bears fucking suck that is nerdy yeah. too that is so nerdy that is so lame is. for me to be like well actually uh in 2008 the bears had the number three ranked defense <laughs> like that's fucking nerdy as hell right. but you know I that with the Atlanta falcons too it's sports sports fans are the same as like any other yeah you know, genre total or, nerds or, or interest yeah total yeah. nerds about that stuff like seriously if someone's in my DMs and they say something wrong about sports, 
or like something wrong about baseball or football and they just say something and normally like I wouldn't like nah this person's not getting away with this I'm like I gotta I gotta make sure they have their facts I'm like and and other things I'm not that passionate about <laughs> but even powerlifting like they say something wrong I'm like okay I don't care I'm gonna ignore that one but then they say something like you know a uh, uh, one guy had to like school because he was like man like how like uh they were talking about Patrick Mahomes and the Bears like how they didn't draft him I'm like no that's revisionist history. Patrick Mahomes was a reach no matter what. Like, the Bears don't say Patrick Mahomes should have went to the Bears because if the Bears took Patrick Mahomes at number two, people will lose their minds. That would be a terrible pick. Granted, Mitch Trubisky was just as bad. It was a stupid pick. But don't tell me that Patrick Mahomes should have went number two in the draft. Revisionist history, you guys are insane. I had to tell this person that. I found it my responsibility as a Bears fan to tell him that. (laughs) Even though... Like, it's stupid, and I actually kind of agree with him, like, because I thought Mitch Trubisky sucked as a number two pick, but I had to make sure this person knew that Patrick Mahomes was a reach anyways at number two. So, yeah, I mean, Deshaun Watson was the guy. I wanted Deshaun Watson. That was that was the guy I wanted to pick. But if you use, if you use that argument, I'm like, yes, Deshaun Watson, number two pick, I would have been very happy with, only because Deshaun Watson I knew. In college, I didn't know who Mitch Trubisky was because he played six goddamn games. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's my nerd shit. That's my anime. It's watching the there Bears. <clears throat> I if people listen to Two White Lights, I've said this before. I'm not as bad as you guys think when it comes to anime. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I just wanted to give you a hard time on it. Yeah, I know, I know, and I and I uh, I like being in wrestling terms the heel when it comes to uh, the anime community like enjoy the theatrics of it because i know people are going to get upset about it and it's fun to me because i don't really care but like even though i, lo- I love it it's like eh, like that's fine yeah. <laughs> but there are there there's so many people that are like feel good to come out of the closet as liking anime because keiko and joey and everybody else are posting about yeah. it nonstop. the cool kids so, the cool kids in powerlifting like anime yeah. It's a cool yeah. kid shit. Like, I mean, you know, Russ is cool as shit, and he likes anime. This is so popular now. It's just so way popular. Yeah. Like, I and I, I've said that before. I'm like, I've never thought I'd see the day where liking anime would put you in the in crowd in anything. Because when I was in high school, that would not put you in any crowd that you want to be a part of. <laughs> like, right. which I was with you there, yeah. Yeah, was like, all right, like, you like anime? You probably want to keep that secret for a little bit. It's kind of, it's actually sweet now that, you know, it's part of the in crowd, but at the same time, you don't watch your P's and Q's with anime fans, you could be bullied by them. So, I mean, even you pulled rank on Nico, Joe, and all these other people, like, they don't actually watch anime. I'm like, oh, shit. They, they, they don't. I could, I will say, I don't know about the other ones. I feel like Joey does, because he pulls out some anime that I don't know. No, they... Joe, Joey and Russell, they watch, like, Attack on Titan, ReZero, and, like, Naruto, and that's who who watches. That's what I'm talking about. Those are, like, the big, big ones that everybody watches. Okay, well, yeah, because uh, Joe gave me a bunch of anime things. I'm like, whoa, all right. This is too much information. I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, this <laughs> is like, too... Oh, this I, is... Didn't ask, I didn't ask for this, Coach. I just wanted to know if it was a good lift. Yeah. <laughs> Oh well, yeah, cause yeah, cause uh, I mean, I'm uh, that's uh, that's a very interesting coach client dynamic. The person who hates right. 
hates on anime and the person who loves anime in the powerlifting world. But yeah, when we had a Candido on, Joe was like, you guys aren't even talking about like the right anime. You guys are making fun of the anime that no one watches. Like you're, because Candido was like, it's always some weird over-sexualized 14-year-old with really big boobs. I'm like, shit. I'm like, all right. I'm like, I don't know. That's how anime worked. I just thought it was weird. But, yeah. yeah. All right, man. This is fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was, oh. it was I'm pleasantly surprised that it, it was, it was really good, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, occasionally... Uh, two by lights can be enjoyable for people. <laughs> I didn't say it like that. <laughs> yeah, but hopefully uh, I can get you on again sometime, man. This is a blast, and uh, good luck. I yeah. uh, hope to see you do really well at Raw Nationals, and I want to continue to see you do well in training, man. I hope you get in <laughs> on March first. That's that's what I hope. I was talking to Shelton, David Shelton, about it, and yeah. other people that are like in that same boat that obviously deserve to go to run nationals that are just barely didn't get in. And it's like, there are so many of those people in each weight class that yeah. just barely didn't get in that. Not all of you are going to get in. Yeah. That's how well, it's going to work. Yeah. And I mean, I've been talking, like, aren't taking it seriously as I say it because it's like, Oh no, I'll be one of the first ones. It's like, yes, there are going to be so many of you, the first ones that are right there that are all going to do it at the exact same time. And yeah. just not everybody's going to get it, and that's how it works. Yeah, I've been talking to David, too, and he's one of the people I'm mentioning that, like, yeah, I think on a given day he could possibly break into that top five and top three where it's important for him. He's another lifter that I love watching and I want to compete against because I know how good he is. Like, that's the thing. But, you know, we talk about it so much and, like, on Two White Lights, so I won't, I won't dive too deep into it. But, yes, I hope to see you at Raw Nationals, of course, That'll be fantastic. That'll be great. But if I don't, if unfortunate things happen, if my Wi-Fi is not good enough, my Google Auto Chrome isn't working for me that day, good luck at Raw Nationals, my man. Good luck with training because you you work hard in this. Yeah. um, We'll see how how things go. But I'm excited, and I know that by the time it comes around, I'll be ready. And, um, yeah, I mean, we're we're all going to be just watching – on March 1st to see who all gets in because there are going to be plenty of you guys that I, I am worried and I'm afraid that it's going to be somebody that should have obviously gotten in. And I'm like, man, hey, yeah. there's still time for you to buy a lifetime membership though. Yeah, there is, man. There is, there is a <laughs> lot mean, of time. That's the USAPL is like, just, you know, like sinisterly, like looking around and like, they're waiting. They're like, oh, Angela didn't get in, huh? You're going to buy a lifetime membership? It's like, well, uh, let's, there you go. let's see how good that teacher's salary is. Let's see if uh, he's going to cough up 2K, huh? Yeah, that's because that's the thing. Is so many people did really buy it, man. Like, they, they got some money. They needed That's I mean, they, They're, like, starving for cash right now. So they're like, even if you get, we, we got to get. Even if you get we five get people, five them, all right, we're yeah, good, we're good. yeah, yeah. If you get five people, five ten people, you're good. Like that's that's a lot of money right there. But yeah, man, um, yeah, this is fun, and hopefully we can do it again. We'll see you guys yes, next week. Peace.